Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Cast. I'm your host, Pierce, alongside Jimmy, and it's been a while since we've done a podcast. It's been like it seems like almost a couple of weeks now since we've talked about the Blackhawks in the NHL because we had Digit Murphy on, we had Melody Dale on, which was awesome, by the way. You should check that out. But it seems like it's been a while with, since we've talked about the NHL, the Chicago Blackhawks, and it's it's been a crazy ass month so far in February. Like I'm in the process of moving. Um, working all that stuff it's just my mental health's been in the gutter and when like when i have the spare time it's like do i want to do podcasts not really and i don't want to do podcasts when my heart's not in it but uh i'm off today i got nothing else to do so i'm i'm excited to get do this talk some hockey and uh yeah um yeah get some pucks in deep yeah get pucks in deep play the full 60 you know just to get in there you get to that you know and i get to lose change you know yeah, we. I thought uh, we we got better as the game went on, and uh, yeah, we next next time we just got to play a full sixty A, you know. Yeah, you're uh, doing the right things, yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, so our Chicago Blackhawks are actually doing pretty well. Um, they're nine five and four. They're tied for first in the division with the Florida Panthers. Who would have thunk that? <laughs> Florida and Chicago, number one and number two in the division. Technically, Florida has number one because they have less game played, well, so they have a better point percentage. Yeah. But, I think and, four games in hand, too, which is like pretty notable. Pretty sure yeah. they have the most games played in the division besides Columbus, but even with all the games played, you do it by points percentage. They're still in a playoff spot. I believe they're in fourth because you got Florida, and then you got Tampa and Carolina that are tied, and then you got Chicago in that fourth spot, and that's really interesting i'm really surprised by how they've been playing so far um 
how they play like a complete team effort game. It's next man up mentality. Um, they're Which not is playing exactly what we've been wanting from them for the last two years, two three years or so. I mean, this is exactly what they've been needing. Mm-hmm. And I saw this tweet from Ben Pope that the Blackhawks are have won more games than they've lost, like combining regulation and overtime losses for the first time since the beginning of 2018, right before Coach Q got uh, canned. So it's been a little while since we've kind of been this good. And yeah, I don't know how long I, I don't know how long we're going to keep this up, but it's really promising so far. Um, what, sorry, were you going to say something? Oh, no. I mean, I'm really just, for the most part, it's the same on the same page as you. Like, just the fact that it's been, uh, it's just kind of insane to really, uh, to kind of take it all in. I mean, even if you, even if, uh, like, and I, I, this is a bit of a hyperbole, 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 um, if they, I mean, it sounds crazy, if they didn't win a game for the rest of the season, I'd be fine. Like, this was going to be a tank year. That's what we all expected, and to have 18 games of them playing like this. I mean, the first two games, <clears throat> honestly, I didn't really like. You know, I of course at the time I was you know in- incredibly frustrated by that, but in hindsight, I mean, I mean, shit. Like, you know, it's the first two games of the year. You don't have your captain. You don't have you know your second line center. You know, Dylan Strome just got signed on very recently, and you're playing against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Or just won the Stanley Cup. For two games. Yeah, have fun with that. Have fun with that. I mean, it, it was going to be a rough – we knew it was going to be a rough two games anyways. Malcolm – like, that's another thing too. Malcolm Subban had not played a hockey game since he was a Vegas Golden Knight. Well, he technically, played. he played one minute, and then he played a game in the yes, bubble. So you're, you're, right. Right, Jimmy. you're right. You're right. You're right. Fuck but me, not right. an actual – not an actual <laughs> meaningful <laughs> NHL game. I know. Exactly. Yeah, full game. Hadn't played a full game since uh, he was a Vegas Golden Knight, I should say. Because you're right, uh, Twitter user, that he did play one minute. You're right. Twitter did, user with all the numbers at the end and your first yeah, game Twitter ball. user, yeah, Jim Jam Bambalam 98765 on Twitter. Bob, um, 4568929. <laughs> yeah, my favorite uh, Penguins 30 goal scorer. <laughs> Mark Donkin, Buzz Flibbit. He's right there with them. Right there with them. He's going to get his number brought up. He's going to have his four-digit number raised to the rafters right next to those two. And you know um, why the Blackhawks are doing so well that we bring that up? They have a bunch of Mark Donks and Buzz Flibbits. Like, that's, it's, I've been thinking about that lately. This, this is exactly what I've wanted from this team. Even in, I, have to, I have to touch on this. I've wanted this from this team since, since I started seeing the Penguins do it. Because they needed that. They needed that. They sort of had that in... Uh, in 20, uh, I mean, well, 2015, 16, I mean, they absolutely had that. I mean, that's there's no uh, doubting that. And, of course, the year after. And they've kind of had that, you know, they had it the next year and the year after. And then last year is kind of where we saw things start to fall off a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it's yeah, they're still kind of there. They're still kind of not, you know. There's a lot of debate to be had there about that team, a lot of talk to be had. But I uh, don't have the information enough to talk about them, and I – can't say I care. So um, what I can say is that uh, we're absolutely seeing that from the Blackhawks team. And we're seeing this like this is exactly what the Penguins had back then. You know, a uh, tweet from my good buddy uh, Eamon uh, at Gin and Juice on Twitter. Um, what was it? He, he says, uh, I, I hate that the Blackhawks just randomly have two good rookies now. And he was referring to Suter and uh, Lankinen. Um, and I, I thought the funny part. Completely of that forgetting about Kershev and Hagel. Yeah, 
actually Eamon, uh, actually. Uh, but Did you not see his highlight reel goal where he split through twice Stature and John Merrill and then scored <laughs> on Bernier or Grice, whoever was playing? I can't remember. Uh, Jonathan Bernier. Yes. Yeah, either way, they both suck. Underrated goal, by the way. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like say he's underrated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, both of them underrated for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of the beauty of this team right now. They have a lot of like they have a lot of guys who just came out of nowhere for. I mean, for most fans, I mean that's the thing. Like you know, we knew Kershev was going to be good. We knew the Brandon Hagel was going to be a best player. Well, yeah, and like we knew Suter was going to be effective. We knew Lincoln would at least be decent. Nobody knew that they were all going to be this good. I mean, you know, for some guys this soon, Kershev, it was definitely a, you know, this soon was the shocker. Hagel, you know, I mean, I think a lot of us knew he was going to be effective. This effective, maybe not. Suter, I mean, this isn't too much of a shock. You know, he was very good overseas. Lincoln, I mean, we saw it in flashes, but what he's done is just completely unprecedented. Um, in terms of what we saw from him in the AHL, um, and I mean, well, everything you know, everything over here in North America, completely unprecedented. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty insane to just kind of see, you know, I mean, like, and nobody, nobody besides Blackhawks fans really knew or cared about Kershev or Hagel. Nobody cared about Lucas Carlson, and you don't and most. And, well, hell, Nicholas Bodan. I'm completely yeah, forgetting Nicholas Bodan, Ian Mitchell. Yeah, like you got, you know, I'm not saying that. Nobody knows who Nicholas Bodan is. Nobody knows who Ian Mitchell is, you know. But the way they're playing, nobody would have expected that. Nobody, not even Blackhawks fans expected Nicholas Bodan to make this kind of jump. Except for yourself, or, or sorry, yours truly. Um, I, you know, not like I was really cool for that or yeah, anything. But, yeah, you know. yeah, but yeah. Besides the point, besides the point, uh, yeah, I mean, we, even Hawks fans, nobody expected all of this to happen this fast. I mean, it's just kind of, it's an example of Colin finally having the room. He's fine. I mean, we can kind of transition to that unless you have a little more to talk about the rookies. I just want to bring up Brandon Hagel because I love him so much. Like, kind of yeah. like how you have been high on Kirchhoff and Bowden. Um, Hagel yeah. was the guy that I was always high on because I just looked at his stats in the AHL. I think he, he was like 19 goals in the AHL, and that's nothing as a 21 yeah. year old or whatever he was when he played in last year. And he had like like I was looking at the HL stats among four rookies, and he was like right at the top in terms of shot percentage. Now yep. he hasn't exactly brought that goal scoring, but what I love about no, Hagel he hasn't is brought just, it at all. Yeah, <laughs> he hasn't brought that, it at all. <laughs> the thing is about Brandon Hagel is that like he's exactly like Brandon saw. It seems like every game he has a couple of breakaways. He gets behind the defense, and he's unfortunately so can't good. score. He's so good at producing chances. He's insanely yeah. good at it. He, I mean, and that just will, I mean, it'll come with time. I mean, once he's, once he gets one in there, it's going to be oh, yeah. a shower. He just, he, I think he just needs to see one going <clears throat> to really get it going for him. But like either way, he's still bringing energy every game, and it's so infectious. And I honestly think like that's a big part of why. You know, like, I again, I'm not in the locker room or anything, but just like just from that perspective, it must be like just seeing a guy who's only 22 years old going out there working his ass off every shift, driving play, being defensively responsible, getting back on the back check. Like that just must be incredible watching on the bench where it's like, hey, I want to, I want to be like that guy. And I was listening to um uh, the Lazen Powers podcast by the way, friend of the show Scott Powers, and Mark Lazarus <laughs> actually made a, a really good point and. He said that when Alex Nylander, whenever he gets back, whether that's next year, that he should play with Brandon Hagel because Brandon Hagel is someone who just like brings energy every shift and maybe he can kind of bring that to Alex Nylander where it's like, okay, I got to up my game now. Just like look at this guy, you know? And I, I thought that was a good point. And 
I think that uh, that more speaks to Brandon Hagel just because like every shift it just seems like he's he's flying by a defenseman, and I remember that goal where he like one handed it basically to to Kubalik where he like oh, yeah. flew past the defenseman and one handed it to the net. And it's just it's awesome seeing that they're it's not like they're just like hanging in there you know they're not uh, like holding for dear life they're like they're holding their own and I, that's what i like seeing the most and you yeah. brought up the fact that if we don't win a game for the rest of the season you could die happy <laughs> um i i i agree i agree with that because it just feels like i brought this up so many times but this year is a development year you need to see your young guns take take a step and we've gotten just that you wanted to see what goalies you have and i think you have that, and we brought up Kevin Lincoln. And how about Malcolm Subban? Even though he had that rough first game against Tampa Bay, he's been a competent backup. Like he, he's had a couple, yeah. he's had a couple of stingers, but like at the same time, he won that game against Dallas. He won that game against Detroit. You know, like it's, yeah, exactly. There's there's promise there. Like I don't know if he's gonna be this like fringe starter kind of goalie, but if he can just be like a competent backup, just yeah. give you the chance to win back, give you the chance to win. I think that's that's good. And of course, you got Lincoln. Back up, and no offense to the Hawks, their defense still isn't. You know, it's it's their weak link. The weak link in this team is their defense. Their offense is very solid. The goaltending is incredible right now. Um, and I mean, the coaching, for once you can say, is probably what's bringing this entire team together. You know, that's it's it's crazy to say that, but that's what Collins has been doing for this team. And uh, uh, there is a great quote. I don't know if you saw it uh, from Ben. Uh, well, that Ben Pope got from Brandon Hagel. Um, and he, uh, it was it was today. He said he. Uh, Brandon said he was talking to uh, DeBrinket. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Asking him for <laughs> asking him for advice on scoring. So hey, maybe we see him get one tonight. Maybe DeBrinket gives him something. Hey, how about that, man? Alex DeBrinket had a oh yeah, we need to touch on coming that. Back, coming back, coming back from COVID and just having the year he's had. Like it just seems like he's come up clutch all the time and. You know, DeBrinket had an amazing first two years coming into the NHL, you know, being questions of whether or not he'd make it because he's only like 5'7", and I think, honestly, that's being generous. I feel like he's smaller than that. But, like... Um, he's definitely smaller than that. <laughs> but the fact he came in scored... I'm a 5'7 a and a half connoisseur, so actually, I would know. Thank you. I would know. I, I'm that high, too. But, um, <laughs> I am. But the, the fact he came into the league, scored 28 goals, it's like, that's pretty impressive for a rookie. And then that's the next year, right. he scores. But that's quite all right. And then the next year, 41 goals, and it's like, holy <laughs> shit. This guy didn't even have the sophomore slump. Like He's going to be one of the better goal scorers. And then last year, he had a bit of a step back. I thought he, you know... I, I always bring this up. Unless your name is Alex Ovechkin, if you're a shooter, you're going to go through tough years where your shooting percentage is like, say, 15% and you score maybe 40 goals. Then there's going to be years where your shooting percentage is like at 5% and then you only score 15 goals. And that's kind of what happened with Alex Dabrinkit. And the thing I liked about Alex Dabrinkit was he didn't defer to teammates, you know, when he had the puck. He kept shooting and shooting, which is good as a good sign. You know, he kept trying. And sometimes hockey is just a crazy ass sport like that where it seems like you'll score three goals on five shots but then you'll take 10 shots and zero of them will go in. That's just how hockey mm-hmm. is. You know, the highs and lows, they always equal out. And yeah. just seeing them come back this year, and it seems like he has more of a complete game. You know, it, it was almost like that break just like was like him just being shot out of a cannon because he looks quicker out there. He looks more, his game looks a lot more complete than it does. Um, I don't think he's ever going to win a sulky, but like if he can just be competent, like I've noticed a couple times where he's on the back check and his shot is better than ever. Like, 
his playmaking is better. Like it's just it's awesome that we're seeing um his a more complete game falling right in front of us. And you know there was some skepticism when he signed that contract. I think it was six point four for three years. And you know after he had that off year, like is that is he really worth it? And just looking at it now, he's totally worth that money now if he keeps that up because he's he's over point per game and another player. I... I have to say, I'll argue that he may he may be one of those shooters who's going to shoot, you know, a fifteen percent year in year out. He might, like, he might be that guy. I mean, you look so far, fifteen point four seven shooting percentage in his rookie year, a little bit like nearly nineteen percent in his uh, sophomore year. That's almost goes like a goal on every five shots. Yeah, and then goes down to eight point seven. His off year, he had an eight point seven shooting percentage, and then he's back up to eighteen this year. Like, he's just a good shooter. I mean, that's what that's, you know, so you pay the guy for. He's a good shooter. That's what you drafted him for. The guy scored yeah. like 70 goals in the OHL. That's not that It's bad. like he doesn't produce shots, but he produces a ton of shots, and a lot of them go in also. I mean, that's that's what his game is. That's why you pay him the big bucks. So, I mean, honestly, I know that, you know, like you said, you know, you go 15%, that's your big year. I mean, he just may be a good shooter. I mean, every, you know, from all – I mean, when his off year, again, when he was not scoring as per usual and he was just barely, he was, I believe, I believe he was the, um, he had the lowest goals scored above expected. Basic, I mean, for anybody who doesn't understand that, he basically was the unluckiest player in the league in terms of shooting. Hockey gods weren't on his side with that year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't the stats. It wasn't the stats. It wasn't the shooting. It was, uh, no. It was just uh, the hockey guys. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Stats don't matter. Um, yeah. What? I'm sorry. The game is in play with numbers, Jimmy. But uh, what's it? Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh there's yeah. This, there's this clip of Elliot Freeman, and I'm pretty sure it's taking way out of context. But I I clicked mm-hmm. on it, and it's like watch the game, nerd. And it's just Elliot Freeman saying that. I would <laughs> was it to, watch I would, the game, nerd? <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. I forget who he was talking to, but it was on Sportsnet. And there's a bunch of other people, and it's just a, like a two second clip of Elliot Freeman saying, "Watch the game, nerd." And I, wow, I, gotta, I can't I gotta, believe that Elliot Freeman I, hates stats. Wow, he just ended all soy boy stat sheet nerds. Crazy. Bro, evol- evolving wild is shaking right now. <laughs> oh, what did you say, Elliot? Bro, uh, but so, you know, is better than Kane. And to. <clears throat> Scott Nick Bonino's on Minnesota. Not to, isn't that, yeah. Isn't that the most Minnesota player ever, Nick Bonino? He really is. Joel Erickson Eck is becoming more uh is definitely becoming that as well. Uh very Mika Koivu esque type of player. Um yeah, I can't remember. Did we ever bring up that he just up and retired? Yeah. We haven't talked about that, no, but uh I mean, yeah, congrats to him on a good career, but that was really it was really, really interesting. I think that he, um, I forget if, okay, there was a, Jay Fresh had posted something. I don't know if it was this season or if it was the year before, if he had still had his insane defensive numbers this year. Oh, yeah. The uh, fact he is, I don't even think he's he was an incredible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's an absolute disgrace. I mean, like, one of the best defensive players, in the, arguably, you could argue he was the best defensive uh, center of his generation it's era yes his era you're right the era era miko koivu yeah yeah obviously congratulations to him on a great career and unfortunately a very uh underrated underspoken career um especially for what he brought um 
Uh, but I wanted to mention, um, in addition to uh, Dabrinkit, uh, what's really helped him, and well, I think they both helped each other in terms of uh, point production in this team as a whole, uh, Patrick Kane with Alex Dabrinkit. Those two have developed some uh, pretty inc- uh, incredible chemistry. I mean, I'm not talking like, this isn't a Kane-Panarin kind of thing, but I mean, the, I mean, these two look fantastic together. If you take out the Canadian division, which we're going to talk about later, uh, he's the Patrick highest the point score. getter. He's the highest point getter in the NHL right now. And yeah. we see all these rookies performing, but if the Blackhawks make it to the playoffs, Patrick Kane has to get some hard consideration. I know um, a lot of people are going to be like, ah, Kane can't play defense, and like his, his fancy stats aren't good enough. And, well, like, yeah, he's he's yeah. one of those players that can make no, you know no, something out of nothing, you know? Like, he could be getting outshot to hell. He could come back the other way, just geek everyone out, and just, like, snipe one. That's how Patrick Kane is, you know? Like, he's a dynamic player. I mean, that's what, that's what you, again, that's what you pay this guy big bucks for. It's like, you know, with the brink, and, oh, well, you know, his shooting percentage is high, you know? And that's, you know, well, it's unlikely for that to happen. Well, that's the thing with Patrick Kane. Yes, it's, again, the stats say the stats say that he shouldn't be good. Of course they do. But they will look, go, go look at what he does. Look at the production. Watch the game, the dummy. Team. Watch the game, nerd. Yeah, watch the game, nerd. Yeah. So but, I mean, I think, obviously, you and I know there's good criticisms to be had about him. Yeah, his defensive game is bad. And, yeah, it does not help his team. But, again, that's not what you're paying the guy to do. And it clearly it works out. So, yeah, I can't really... Can't really argue that, honestly. You know, the uh, idea of him getting hard consideration. Really, uh, what really sucks is that, uh, honestly, you could really argue the point that Dabrinkit is the best player on this team right now. Uh, well, best player that is not named Kevin Lake and not the Blackhawks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could argue that. I mean, it, very easily. Um, he's been absolutely fantastic. He's been great on both ends of the puck. Um, I don't know how his uh, numbers look, you know, on paper in terms of that, but just watching the games, I mean... Um, in terms of the eye test, I can at least argue that his his defensive game, and I've, I've said it for a while, Dubrinkit's not a bad defensive player, but he's looked even better. Certainly this year. not a liability. Oh, definitely not. No, he he carries his own. You know, he holds his own, and that's the the great thing about him. But he looks like a yeah, he looks like a dog out of hell um, this year, especially after again after coming back from COVID, he's just been a different player. But it's not just offensively, it's both ends of the puck. And I think that that's why he can play with a guy like Kane and they can do so well is because, you know, he's the kind of guy who can hold his own in the in his own end. And, you know, a guy like Pia Suter, who doesn't seem to be a liability in his own end. Um, he's definitely not. Again, he doesn't seem to be a big issue, but... There's you know, that one game, Dallas, where he turned the puck over twice or he makes it go like, eh, but then yeah. he also scored the overtime winner on a beautiful goal. So, you know... Well, the way I look at it with Suter is that, you know, you can turn over the puck, you can make those mistakes, but how do you look, you know, the other 99% of the time? You know, are you getting the puck out of your zone, you know, the majority of the time? And, uh, you know, he definitely uh, he definitely does seem to do that. Um, actually, I want to bring that up. Uh, kind of uh, just an interesting stat that I thought uh, kind of interesting in terms of the whole Kane conversation. He's actually one of the uh, – he's in the higher percentage of getting the puck out of his own end in terms of, like, control. Oh, he's exit. incredible with control. Yeah. Uh, the puck uh, out of the zone and and uh, and to transition uh, when he does it though yeah. yeah it's about when he decides to do it that's the whole problem but it, i just think that i it's really interesting you know it's a guy who it's like when he finally gets the puck you're fine it's just about when he gets the fucking puck um and it, that's the entire issue with him and i know you wanted to bring that up you, you know we talk about patrick kane like being incredible with the puck and terrible without the puck how about nikita zadorov i think he's a perfectly fine defenseman without the puck but when he has the puck it's like he is handling a grenade like 
Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. What was it? Um, oh man, Steve Dane would call it the Nikita Zaitsev special. Just or no, you know, Marty Berenson just like a bomb every time he gets the puck. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, the thing with Zadorov too is that he doesn't get the puck usually in a very he he doesn't usually get it in a very bad position. Like, I mean, there's a lot of times where he's had time and he just it's just a grenade, it's just a bomb. He just throws it away, and a lot of times, again, like. I'm not saying that, you know, I don't know the guy's mindset. And he's an athlete. I doubt that he's just not trying, but they they look like lazy plays. Like that's, that's, you know, as a fan, that's all you can really see from it. And it's hard, you know, it, you can't blame anybody for seeing, you know, watching him play and that being your conclusion, because that's really, he looks lazy on these plays. He looks lackadaisical. He looks like he's just not really thinking about it. Or he's overthinking it, and either way, it's costing the team in terms of possession. It's been really frustrating to watch him play, especially when you got a guy like – I mean, you could put in a guy like – how you probably could put in a guy like Kalinic and get more out of him. You know, the thing with – you have a guy like him who can move the puck, and yeah, he's not the best in his own end, but like, man, you know, a guy like Carlson, not the best, not the greatest in his own end, but holds his own, and he can move the puck up the ice. You know, and Connor Murphy's coming back. He, Zadorov is not going to be taken out of the lineup. This is kind of an Alex Neander situation, in my opinion. He's he's not going to not play because he's the new shiny toy that Bowman got, and he has to be shown off until he you know until he proves him right. It's kind of what we're seeing. However, if if you're making the right move here, Murphy's going in for him right away, no question. Like he's good at closing off people at the blue line. I've noticed and like moving yeah. and. So- like, but like when you get in a one-on-one on him, like you, you can easily fly past him. It's yeah. just, oh man. Like, here's yeah. the thing. You brought up Alex Nylander. And the one thing is about Nylander and Zadorov. do we criticize them as much if they were traded for different players or were a smaller part of the trade? Because these trades, you get Alex Nylander for Henry Yokiharu, who was a top four defenseman, and you trade him for Alex Nylander, who really, since he got drafted, hasn't proven anything at the pro level, even in the AHL. Yeah. And Brandon Saad, who you trade like for Nikita Zadorov, yeah. it wasn't a one for one deal, but it might as well have been because who was it? Like Lindholm for Guilford? Anton Lindholm. Anton Lindholm. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, not the good Lindholm, not the Hampus Lindholm. Yeah, not Hampus or Anton, neither of the good ones. <laughs> but, like, let's say we get like, um, I'm good. I'm, I'm just, I'm just making shit up. Like, what if we get, yeah. like, I don't know, Dylan Cousins and Shane Bowers. Shane yeah. Bowers. I was gonna say, say like B- Buffalo. Like, what if we oh, get Buffalo, yeah. Dylan Cousins and Alex Nylander? Do we shit on Alex Nylander as much? If that's the trade, Yoki Haru for Cousins, Neilander. No, let's even say we traded Brandon Perlini, like when his value was high for Alex Neilander. Do we get mad at that trade? No. And yeah, yeah. I, well, I don't get mad at the trade, right? I don't get mad at the trade. The thing with Neilander and Zadorov is that, and it's kind of impressive actually that this has happened with both of them. They're basically the weak links of their position. Like, Zadorov is, I mean, you could argue he's better than Dahan, but, I mean, really, could you? He's, I mean, Dahan, is, he's had a rough year, but he's he's at least, a, he's fine. He's fine. Zadorov has been very, very bad with the puck. At least Dahan's put the puck in the net once. 
<laughs> and with Nylander, I mean, with Nylander, what was he bringing to the team every shift? That's that's the biggest thing about him is that it felt like he was being babysitted, babysat. I can't. Uh, my grandma's a little bit off today, I guess, but he was being babysat every fucking shift. He was out there. It felt like. And I mean, yeah, there definitely is a bit of frustration, you know. Well, I'd say a lot of frustration, you know, with those players with the name attached to them. You know, it even happened with Brandon Saad with the Artemi Panarin trade. You know, the fact that he's not living up to that, uh, he's not living up to that standard at least. But at least Brandon Saad brought a lot to the team when he wasn't producing. You know, that's the reason it's not as bad. You can at least appreciate the player with Zadorov and Nylander. The players, I can't like. There's not really much there. Zadorov or Dahan, I would easily take out of the lineup. In a, like in a second, I'd take them out of the lineup. Um, and Dahan, like, there's a good example though. Dahan, you got for nothing, you got for peanuts, and so not a big deal, you know. But even then, not a fan of the player. And then with Zadorov, you know, and how he's played, and and then you add on top of that the fact that um, you know, you're traded for one of your best forwards, arguably your most consistent forward the last year. Probably your most movable asset. Oh, yeah, and your most movable asset, the guy that if you're going to trade him, you get the most Because he doesn't have, organ. like, any movement clause or, Nothing. you know, and, like, they, they retain salary on it, too. And it's like, okay, yeah, you retain salary, but you couldn't have got someone else back. And that's the whole thing. Like, the whole – I've made this point so many times that if Nikita Zadorov wasn't the centerpiece of that trade, then I'm fine with Nikita Zadorov, you know? And I like I have nothing against the purpose. Zadorov. Yeah, I'd or, be like Zadorov is trash, but at least we have Shane we Bowers. Bowers, yeah, but it's like yeah. we got Zadorov. Hey, at least we got Anton Lindholm, you know. But <laughs> it's just yeah. it's unfortunate because can't, can't wait till he makes the jump. <laughs> yeah, at least with oh, Nylander, God. there is some potential there. He's what twenty two, turning twenty three. But like I think there, with yeah, Nikita, like if he at least can put it together, which I don't know if he can, but like, who knows? Maybe this injury just like gets, gets everything together. I don't know. But with Nikita Zadorov, he is what he is. You know, I don't think he's going to change at much. You know, he's not going to grow anymore. He, like he's 25. I think he turns 26. Like mm-hmm. he, he, he is, he just is what he is. You know, he's not, yeah. um, I don't think he's going to grow. It's, it's delusional. I mean, delusional is a strong word, but it's, it's, you're wasting your time. Most likely, if you're waiting for Zadorov to be a different player, this is yeah, this is probably exactly what he is and what he's going to be. Most guys, you know, defensemen take a while, but a while usually means till around 25 is where kind of where you find what they are. Usually, and uh, I mean, like you know, Zadorov is would only I'd only have hope for him if like you know if he had a timeline like a goalie. Oh, you know, he's been rough for the first few years, but you know, he might find it. You know, his uh. 27 to 30, you know, age range, that's goalies. Like, that's, you know, the timeline that it seems like Bowman was expecting with him was one of a goalie. He's not just going to, you know, be a better player at this age or as time goes on at this age or most likely situation he just thought he actually was good. And, you know, here we are. That's definitely most likely situation. And I can understand... And I can understand you wanting, uh, if you're Stan Bowman, you want a big physical defenseman. And I know this isn't the best example, but like, seriously, you trade Brandon Sod for Nikita Zadorov. You can at the very least trade like a late draft pick for like Erica Branson and be like, okay, not just Erica Branson, but it's be like, okay, I'll take Erica no, Branson. Honestly, you know, look at, on, look like, at Jamie Alexiak. Jamie Alexiak. Yeah. That's the best defenseman. I don't know if Dallas would give him up, but like, I'm oh, thinking, no, but like, just an example, you know. 
there's a guy there's that's the kind of guy you want when you're looking for that though mm-hmm. you know a guy who a team actually is like enjoys having a, a guy that you know apparent I, I think he's on their power play <laughs> is mean, am i wrong yeah no, i don't I'm know probably but... remembering it wrong he's definitely on their penalty kill i'm sure of that i mean he's been i mean didn't it was really weird Didn't he scored five goals last year some freaky fucking amount in the playoffs I'm gonna look that uh, up. Just, I remember he had a beautiful goal in the Stanley Cup final in like game. He one. did. He did. But that, that was basically up for Dallas. But yeah, yeah. Like again, just going back to the Erica Branson thing, it could have been like, okay, not just Erica Branson, but like, okay, I'll take on Erica Branson, but I'll but give me this, that, and the other, and then or go to Florida and be like, okay, give me Josh Brown, but give me this, that, and the other. You know, it's just yeah. I, I, honestly, if you want to give up a pick and just take a flyer on Josh Brown, fuck it, whatever, dude. Like not a good player, but whatever you know, you're you're you're, you're taking a flyer on them. Don't trade you know, your best movable asset for him, and it's you know. Yeah, Jamie Alexiak had five five goals and four assists in twenty seven playoff games. That's that's good. Good for him, man. Good for him, yeah. Twelve point five shooting percentage. Not even there to go. One goal yeah, and eight good shots. For, good for I'm the big rig, I believe they call him. The big rig. Every big player's called that. Yeah, no. Well, you know what? You know what? I've got a great name for this guy. Uh, pretty, you know, hockey is just great with nicknames, you know. Oh, yeah. Lankinen is Lanky. Yeah. <laughs> or Lanks. Lanks. Oh, yeah. That's that's a good one, too. It's a fantastic one. Yeah, so yeah. so creative. Um. <sighs> so... We play uh, Carolina tonight, and the last time we played them, we beat them six to four. And that's just going back to the fact that you know, coming into the season, we're obviously not the most skilled team, but if we can hang up, hang, hang, hang in with these good teams like Carolina, like Tampa Bay, like Florida, like Dallas, then you know you might have a shot at the playoffs. And um, one of the game, the game was postponed tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and the game tomorrow was postponed. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, Carolina, they've been on fire the game and put it over there, <laughs> but Carolina has been on fire. It seems like since they got back from that COVID break, I want to say, I saw that James Reimer, it's like seven and one and his save percentage is below 900. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very Carolina. It's just incredibly Carolina. Seven, one and oh, sub 900 save percentage. <laughs> yeah, um, but it, it's smart by Carolina because like goalies are such voodoo wizardry and bullshit. Like, you might as well not invest all your money in goaltending and invest it in like your forwards and defense. Like, if yeah. M- Mrazek, I believe, was playing well till the uh, till I think he got yeah. injured. If he yeah, could just keep it. up there with goals saved above expected, he was actually starting the year off really well. If he just plays competent for them, like they can go on a deep playoff run. And that's that's yeah. that's really all you need. Marazic, how? Um, keep, your, keep your thought. I'm just gonna look him up really quick. Well, Marazic's an interesting goalie. I remember when we had Catherine Silverman on. It's like he, he has some nights where he just looks amazing, where he's like Dominic Hasek out there. But then there's just like games where he just looks like absolute garbage. And I think Steve Dangle put it well. He is the uh, Czech Mike Smith. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a fantastic comparison. That's Except I don't hate. Oh yeah, Mike Smith. There's um, just something about Mike you, Smith. Like I, he has playing, to smell bad. He has to smell bad. I know that. He play. He's really, playing well. Surprisingly, we'll get into that later. But yeah, um, yeah. 
But yeah, Carolina. Um, Lankinen starts again today. The same lineup. Um, yeah. What do you think? What do you think of our chances tonight? Do you think we win or do we lose? Uh, I think we do one of those two. Uh, honestly, definitely. <laughs> um, I, I, I honestly, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the night that I, uh, um, they kind of like the things kind of you know if the, the if the uh if the thing that is on wheels falls off the wheels, um, the 18 wheeler off the cliff. Yes. I think if there's a night that it happens, I think it's this, it's either this or, um, one of those upcoming Tampa Bay games, you know, if they lose to Detroit or Carolina, you know, it's probably not by a huge margin. However, uh, there's going to be a night where they get there. It's where they get their teeth kicked in like they did in the beginning of the year. And if that night is tonight, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Carolina, it's Carolina. Oh, let, it, let it be earlier in the season when you can learn from that, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Your team isn't perfect. Hell, even the, even the Stanley Cup Blackhawks got their shit kicked in every now and then. It happens. It happens. Remember game so, one against Anaheim where they just got shit kicked and they lost 4-1? to one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there was uh, 2013, their first regulation loss. They got manhandled by the Avalanche in that game. It was, what, it was like a 6-1 loss. It was bad. Like I remember watching that, uh, you know, I really I followed that year very closely, um, as a you know as a kid, and I felt like I was watching a different team. Like it was just like it was so surreal to like how they played so well all year, and they at least when they lost in the shootouts, you know, it was obviously it was a close game for that to happen. Um, you know, besides the Calgary game where Ray Emery became a oh my Jesus god, himself. Hosa yeah. scored with what like five seconds left. Oh yeah, it was. I think it was, yeah, it was like two seconds left or something like that. It was. I, I don't even think it was five. Like it was, it was super. No, close. it was. I, I, you know, it definitely it was definitely less than five. It was, it was right near the buzzer. And, uh, but aside from that game, every other game and that stretch was usually very close. You know, it wasn't like it was a, a shocker that they won. And then you know you have a uh, that game where they got just well, for sake of better words, ass blasted. And uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's not like this team is, uh, you know, that 21-0-3 team, you know, on paper or off. Uh, however, they've been on this good stretch, you know, and they've kept it together for the most part. And, uh, yeah, I, I think this could be the night where the wheels fall off. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could see it. I'm leaning more towards that than not. I just kind of feel like it's inevitable. I think it's about to happen. But, you know, obviously, you hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, um, it's it's gonna happen. Like whether it's this game or within the next few games, like I don't want to say like things are going too good, but like a team of this caliber, they're not at Carolina level, they're not at Tampa Tampa's level, they're not even at Florida's or Dallas's level. Um, they're gonna have no, yeah, we're we're gonna have maybe a a rough game in there, and we kind of gotta like mentally prepare ourselves for it. But like at the same time, this team, it just seems like every game they're getting better, but also like seems like they're learning. You know, um, it's 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 great it's great watching them come together and play as a team. It sounds so cliche, but like it just seems like this team was lost since Coach Q got fired, and we all kind of shit on Colton, but. You gotta give credit to him, man. Because even in the bubble, I felt they looked um, like there was a bit of a buy-in. There's certainly a buy-in this year, so. Oh, without question, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think to be fair to us, and you know, most Blackhawks fans who are, you know, 
aren't too reactionary. You know, we we understood that. Um, you know, like I don't think the hate was ever towards Colton or like it was more Bowman or unfair putting, way. It was more Bowman putting him in a, a situation, yeah. like an unfair situation. And there are a million times with Colton that I mean, you know, we've all ragged on him. You know, he made he's made some very boneheaded decisions. But at the same time, sure. every coach around the NHL does that. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely think that I. It's a bit of I think that the the fa- the non meathead fans are. Uh, um, are definitely I uh, definitely understood what the issue was, but I think we could all learn a lesson in terms of I. Uh, you don't want to, you don't want to react too soon. You know, you don't want to give a guy like you know somebody uh, you know the hate they don't deserve. And obviously with Zadorov, you know, like it's frustrating to watch him play. Something could happen. I'll be happy if it does, but like chances are it's not going to. We we've all said that Colton's going to be a good head coach. We all knew he was going to be a good head coach eventually. It was going to happen. It's just that he was thrown. Is a what was it? Thirty-three years old. Was he yeah, he, years old he, yeah. I think he's younger than Corey Crawford by like a few days. He went in that two thousand three draft, and he and yeah. I believe he was part of that ridiculous two thousand five World Juniors team. He was. Yeah. You know, what else yeah, was like, Jeff Glass. Jeff, no. <laughs> he was the starting no. goalie. That's the whole theme of Canada, like having this stacked ass roster, and then you have like mm-hmm. a average goalie. Sounds like Roberto mm-hmm. Luongo, Carey Price, or Carter Hart. That's crazy. That's actually yeah. crazy. And Brett wow, three Blackhawks legends in one. And so draft. was Cam Barker, I believe. Was he? He might have. No, I think he was taken at maybe. Look that I'm up. gonna look that up. I'm gonna look that up right now. Very important. I believe so. Uh, like that. That team was ridiculous, though. So. Um, seriously. But honestly, you want to move on to uh, kind of the uh, the league as a whole, the Central Division. I know we have a. Uh, some uh, pretty hot thoughts on the uh, uh, Central Division, a couple of teams in particular. I just wanted to ask you this. Do you think Colton's up for the Jack Adams if the Blackhawks make the playoffs? Okay, if the Hawks make the playoffs, he's, he's waiting for it if they make the playoffs. I can't really think of who else would really be in there because I think mo- yeah, maybe maybe Coach Q in Florida, but like you look at all the other teams, they're kind of where they're supposed to be, you know? But like Florida, everyone knew that that was a decent team. That just mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, that just needed like another step. That wasn't like the Hawks. Everybody thought they were going to be abysmal this year. Like the Panthers improved on their roster. The Blackhawks downgraded on their roster. And then they lost their captain and their young budding superstar. And they, yeah, not just went down. They lost their arguably the best goalie in franchise history. I wouldn't say he is. I'd say Tony Esposito still up there. But fuck's sake. I mean, we know who Corey Crawford is. They downgraded immensely. And yes, Kevin Lincoln has been good. But even then, like, look at the roster around him. I mean, come on. Like, that's just, it's not a good roster on paper. But they're still winning. I mean, I, I think that, again, I think that if they make the playoffs, that that thing is literally just waiting to be announced for Jeremy Colton. I do. He's at least a finalist, like, at the bare Oh, minimum. no. No, he's going to be. I man, I'm an asshole for saying this, but I hate Cam Barker's face a lot. I, I just it bothers was me. Was he was he on the team? Was he? Oh, the Canadian team? Yeah, the World Juniors. Oh, he was I definitely know. he was definitely on the team. I want to see what year was he? The 2003? I believe it was 2004. That's what I was checking. I think he was of Getty Malkin draft with Ovechkin. Yeah. Oh, 2004. Malkin and Barker, I think. Yeah, and then we we uh, we tied that. 
I think we tied a game late in the season. The last game of the season, I think we tied it late and won it in overtime, something like that. And uh, because of that, we did not get the number two spot. We got Cam Barker. Well, you know, that's how the draft goes. It always goes both ways. You know, you'll get shit on with with oh, luck, yeah. but then you'll get blessed with it. You'll get, uh, like, obviously they pick Cam Barker third overall, but then you get Jonathan Taze third overall when, like, St. Louis picked Eric Johnson and then Pittsburgh Jordan Stahl. Both solid NHL players that have been in the NHL for a long time, but I, I think Jonathan Taze is the best out of those three, definitely. And not just, so. like, what – yeah, definitely, just – not what he's done. I don't know, man. I wouldn't say Taves is a. I wouldn't say Taves is too great. I mean, two cups, two gold Olympic medals. I don't know. I'm not really a. He won a Selkie or two. I don't know. I'm not really sold on the idea. You said of him two being, cups, uh, you idiot. It's three cups. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I gotta leave now. <laughs> I'm gonna leave the podcast. <laughs> How many his Taves? This is a weird question. Has he? He's won a Selkie, hasn't he? Yeah, he won one in 2013, and because I was looking at some of the award stuff yesterday, and I believe he was fourth in heart voting in 2013 as well, which kind of sucks. He never at least got nominated for a heart. You could argue that he could have had a selkie or two more. Patrice Bergeron has, like, Patrice Bergeron is a demigod. He's the only other. Oh, Bergeron's not even fair. He's probably the best. He's probably the best two-way forward of like the past 10, 15 years. Sorry, the best. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought Marion Hosa was alive, but I could be wrong. Uh, Sorry, I meant center. Sorry, I meant center. Yeah, no, it's fine. It doesn't hurt me personally at all or anything. Um, Marion Hosa was uh, in the top ten a lot, but never, but he never got in the top three, which sucks too. No, because he's a he's a right winger, so he's, he's winger. not allowed to. It's it's the same with Mark Stone. He's never probably never to get a Soki. I I haven't looked at the hashtag fancy stats, but I think you could easily argue that Taves could have had a Selkie in twenty fourteen. I think that was he was. I think that I say he, he finished was, second. He he was a finalist. I think it was that year. I mean, it's just it sucks because well, he was okay. The best thing about that is that I think he missed like and he missed like the last ten games of the year too. Yeah, he got hit by Orpic. He just got completely domed by Orpic. Oh my god, I remember that. Yeah, that was very scary. Like I thought he was gonna. I honestly thought he was gonna be out. That was like that. seven years ago, I think. Yeah, you know, it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> That feels like yesterday. I hate that. I'm getting I'm I'm getting to be where I think I'm old, but I'm young still. And then I, ten years later, I'm like, oh god, I'm old, but then I'm still only thirty one. That's the thing with that's the thing with time. Like it feels so long ago, but then it doesn't. You know, time is just. Right, well, I guess we're gonna get a little bit nihilist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, and uh, I'm gonna go think about that for the rest of the day. But uh, in 2014, he played. Oh, he only missed six games, so not really uh, anything much there. But at the same time, you know, those, I'm sure those six games would have given him that award. But you know, that's that's not by Blackhawks bias at all. Definitely. Um. Yeah. 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 Anyways, yeah. um, yeah. Nashville Predators. They have good been... hockey team. Very good hockey team. Very good at scoring. Uh, very good at having a goal differential that is not negative 19. Also very good at developing players and putting them in the lineup and not signing uh, free agents to, to these massive contracts either. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely don't do that. Definitely not. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things I get wrong. Uh, as I've told you, I know a lot of Nashville Predators fans through Twitter, so I'm sure that I – I'm sure there are going to be a few things I – they scream at me about after the podcast once they listen to it. Well, it's it's what? good that they listened, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
Uh, it's just this team is just it's a mess. It's a mess right now. There's no other way to put it. They are six, ten, and zero. No overtime pity points, unfortunately for them, none at all. Um, I mean, it, it just—I I don't even know what to say about this team besides John Hines, man. And I just—I mean, there's—I wouldn't say nepotism. Uh, I mean, well, there's sort of the nepotism. I heard that David Poyle's son is uh, kind of a uh, runner-up for the uh, GM position if David Poyle gets fired. So you could be nepotism in the NHL? No way. You're, you're... no, never, no. Oh, the term like we're boys club. I use it all the time. I don't know why I forgot that. But you've kind of got a boys club situation going on right now. Um, I, if you before I get into the statistics and the uh, the whatnots, uh, you mind pulling up that quote you have? Uh, I forget from who it was exactly. Was it the CEO or the president? Of it the was team and of course, on character with me, I don't have it pulled up. But no, it was fine. it was something to the effect of like um, if we oh. were. Looking for, if we were looking for a new GM, we would take action on it. Hang on, I got it right here. No, from, this is yeah. from, so this is from Frank Sellervelli. This is the exact quote. If there was a need to change, then there would be an appetite for it. Appetite for it. Very. I don't know why. Very uncomfortable choice of words for me, but that's just uh, that's just point. me. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's it's pretty awful. It's pretty 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 awful situation. Um, and. What's frustrating is that it doesn't seem like there's really any appetite to uh, do that with John Hines. I mean, you'd hope there is. I mean, it's it's rather likely. I would. It's well, it's much more likely than David Poyle. I mean, you know, it, teams go through coaches much faster than GMs. And uh, while the Preds have, uh, you know, the, he's only their third coach, and you know, they're a young, they're a young franchise. And yeah, you know, Barry Trotz was there for forever. Um, you know, Laviolette, the reason he stayed around that long was because he had success. Um, with Hines, there's been nothing. I mean, they lost in the uh, in the qualifiers for the playoffs. To um, Arizona! To Arizona. Oh, and uh, um, ended up signing the man who knocked them out of the playoffs. I think that's pretty funny. Uh, but, yeah, they've uh, started off the year abysmally. And it's it you know what I will and this sounds weird as a Blackhawks fan to say this but it kind of sucks because I I like that rivalry I think that the Blackhawks and Preds when they're both good it's a lot of fun I I think that honestly I mean like you take away the Blues obviously the Red Wings are taken away they're, they're the Hawks' biggest rival without question the Wild well the Wild are they're like that, the Blackhawks' little brother because we beat no, up on them they didn't even they didn't even beat us. Once. At well, least like National St. Louis beat us once. The Wild are better, like regular season even. It, it's funny. They're kind of the uh, – I can't think of an example. I mean there's characters and shows that are like this. But they think that they're the villain, but they're not. They're very much not. It, it's well, the like funniest Dr. thing. Like Dr. Basically, basically. <laughs> but like they think that – they think that like – and this sounds kind of, this might sound kind of cruel. It's not to the fans or anything. No, it kind of is. Sort of like it, – it sort of is. It sort of isn't. You sort of see it with the team as well. It just feels like it is kind of little brotherish. Like even when they beat the team, it's not like it's like fine, okay. Well, you know, not to be that person, but it's like you know, three cups, man. Like nobody gives a shit. But it, with Nashville, Nashville hasn't won a single cup, but there's just some form of like there's just this hatred between the teams. It's 2017. Even, no, even 2017 before that, there just seemed to be that. And like, yeah, you, you of course Nashville fans don't like the Hawks. Look at 2010. Look at 2015. 
but like 2015 is an underrated series. Like they were pretty oh, close that was Nashville a to being Chicago. Team. That if was Scott Darling did not team. step in and play the way he did, they honestly might even win that series. And if Shea Weber, I don't think oh, no, if Shea Weber stay healthy as well. No, like yeah, they were. Weber, 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 how many, how many overtime Darling games? There was what, uh, four, three overtime games, I think, and then like a bunch of multiple games. I'm pretty sure Nashville outscored them, uh, like uh, over the course of that series. But they won. They did. Well, they did. They did. Like they, they when they were in Nashville, they got cooked every time almost. Yeah, was, except for was, game one, and even game one, they were down three nothing in the first round. Like they, they it yeah. took a miracle comeback to come back. Exactly. But, that was yeah. That was a good Nashville team, and that was an incredible series. Um, but I think there's. For whatever reason, there's just more of a mutual respect, it seems like. And yet, the, and yet you'd say, well, the fans hate each other. Yeah, that's kind of like, that's the thing. Like, they, that's the best part about it, is that, like, there's just this, this, I mean, just hatred between the two fan bases. Again, the Wild, it just kind of feels like, and it's just kind of always felt like this with the Wild. They're just not very relevant. It's just know, like, like they're, they're too neutral. Exactly. And Nashville, they have... They have, you know, even when they're not very good, they have an image. It's just they're a low-scoring defensive team. They rely heavily on defense. You know, they have some of the best defensemen in the entire NHL. Even some they have the reigning, like the reigning Norse Trophy winner. Right. The Wild just aren't anything. So, obviously, this is obviously the most important uh, part of the uh, an analysis that we have going here. Um, but to get into the actual... Uh, smart parts of it uh well i mean saying smart and then uh mentioning john hines's name doesn't really make much sense to me but i'm gonna do it uh john hines uh what the fuck (laughs) i mean there's not really much to say besides like like what do you i don't even know what to to make of him well, there were reports when he got hired, I think, back in 2015, oh like legitimate reports of he is too short. No one will pay attention to him in the locker room. No one will take him seriously. Are those people right now? I was, that's not... what I was thinking last night. I was like, you know what, man? Maybe they had a point because, yeah, this man does not seem to have any control of the room. There's no energy with these players. He's He almost put Roman Yossi on the second line. The second line is a winger. He put guys like Joe. Was it? I think last year he guys had guys like Joe Hansen. And I mean, again, I know this is a more casual of a view, but he was putting his top six for top six forwards in the bottom six. I, I think the biggest thing above all is he's just not getting enough out of his team. His his schemes are ridiculous. His power play is just dead, just dead in the water. And yeah, Nashville's not exactly a you know a power play strong team again. They're not a very high scoring team. Been. Yeah, but like this is bad even for Nashville. I mean, this is awful. And again, I know that I know I'm supposed to hate Nashville, but honestly, I just feel bad. I just feel bad for that the team and the fans, man. Like I feel like the only team that I'm like I just don't give a fuck about is St. Louis. Their if their power play's bad, good, stay down there. I'm perfectly fine with that. The Red Wings, I the Red Wings and the Nashville Predators, I want them to be good because I want to have a rivalry there. I want to have a great series, you know, or obviously a great Stanley Cup Finals, which obviously the Blackhawks and Red Wings will go to in the near future, obviously. Um, but yeah, I it's just I don't know what to say that hasn't been said. They're they're awful. The penalty kill is even bad. The, the team with some of the best defensemen in the league has a bad penalty kill. 
Like that's that's just that's inexcusable. And I I really it just I think it all comes down to John Hines. I really do. And I mean, there's the fact that David Poyle has been from everything I've seen and heard, it just lazy, stuck in his ways. And I, it's just it's not just boys club, but it's complacency. Again, that starts with David Poyle, and John Hines is the he's the uh, he's the product of that. David yeah. Poyle has been with the National Predators since 1997, like right before they were even a team. He's the only general manager in that franchise history. And I'm looking at their years. Yeah, almost a quarter century. And if I'm, I'm a looking Predators at, fan, I'm pulling my fucking hair out when I see that stat, that statistic. You need a new like a voice in there, you know. Like the whole thing with the Blackhawks is Stan Bowman. We need a new voice in there. It's it's kind of like a boys' club, you know. Um, and they still do need a new voice there, but you know we'll take the positivity while we have it. And how much of it is Stan Bowman as much as is Jeremy Colton making Stan Bowman look good because he's no, actually making? No. Yeah, it's still the same guy that traded Sod for Zadorov. The same yeah. this very off season. It's it's and, it's mostly Jeremy Colton that's working with like he's been dealt a shit hand, but he's he's done a lot of good things with the team so far, and. Looking at the the cap situation here in Nashville, Matt Duchesne, thirty years old, six years left at eight million dollars. Philip Forsberg, and here's yeah. another thing I want to bring up: Matt Duchesne not drafted by Nashville. Okay, on to Philip Forsberg's two years left, six million dollars, twenty six years old. Um, not drafted Martin by Jr. Nashville either, yeah. but I mean, <laughs> look how they got him. They traded fucking Martin Erat for him, so you're not old gonna... Martin Erat, yeah, yeah, and. Philip Forsberg, man, he's close to point per game, I believe. You know, it seems like he's their only offensive weapon that constantly produces. And man, like if they like, I don't know if they they want to go in the direction of a rebuild. But man, like if looking at that contract, there's only two years left. If you can trade him this year, because I think if a team looks at him and say, hey, $6 million for this guy for like this year and also next year, maybe we'll pay a first round pick yeah. and one of our good prospects. Like that's a guy that you look at moving. It um, sucks. It really sucks about Forsberg, I got to say. Aside from the fans, like the fans love that guy dearly and it would suck to see him go. Like, you know, for them, of course, they would, you know, hate to see the man go. Um, You are not going to get back and return what he's worth because he's going to go to a team that has an offensive scheme that is not John Hines or the Nashville Predators, and he's going to light it the fuck up. He's going to go off wherever. If he goes to any team with a average, average offensive system, he's going to blow up. So I don't think you're in any way. I think it's going to be a hard chance that they get anything back in return equal to what he's going to do. Maybe you do. Maybe you get a prospect that ends up being what he is, you know, the rest of, you know, his career. Maybe, but it just, I just don't see that happening. And that's, that sucks, but it's the best move you can make. Yes, for sure. Armchair GM here. I call up the Edmonton Oilers. I say, okay, you want a superstar winger to play alongside Connor David? I would kill to see that hockey. Give me. Give me Jesse Pugliarvi and one of Ethan Bear or Evan Bouchard. You think that's a good trade for Nashville? And like a draft pick too, like a second round pick or maybe or even like a conditional first if they go for it, you know? You know what? You know what? 
You know what? I want a first. I want a PRV. And I want a B prospect. Honestly, That's why I said Ethan Bear or Evan Bouchard. Oh, yeah. well, I, I, I just don't think they see him as a B prospect. That's the only reason why. I would, hey, hey, if I'm Nashville, I want Ethan Bear. I want Ethan Bear and the Blackhawks, but I just don't think that the Oilers would give up him in addition to all that. Maybe they do. And, I mean, I would, if I'm them, I keep Jesse Pugliarvi, but we're talking about NHL GMs. They aren't smart. They don't make, you know, they don't make the smartest decisions because Pugliarvi could bring up the same production as Forsberg. He's not what Forsberg is at all, but, you know, same thing. I mean, same time, you know, NHL GMs. But I would, I think a fair trade would be a first in Pugliarvi if, you know, I don't know. I mean, because Forsberg, it's it's a different level of player. It's a different level of a player than I uh, than a guy like Pugliarvi, no doubt. And I love Jesse Pugliarvi. I'm a Pugliarvi apologist. I'm glad. I'm glad that he's getting it done with Edmonton this year. I'm so happy. I that man just looks like the happiest motherfucker in the entire world. It's great. And Patrick Line just kind of pisses me off when I look at him. So I'm like, hey, you know. Kind of hope the Pugliarvi works out this year, and kind of hope Line A just does his thing because I, there's just something about Line A, man. Sorry, weird tangent. There's something about Line A that just rubs me the wrong way. I, I like watching him play, but no. Do you want to? No, no. But okay, did you get into this last week? Because um, we mentioned the fact, or you guys mentioned, I wasn't able to be on the podcast that Line A got he was benched. Right? Was it ever mentioned that he got into an altercation with one of the coaches? I believe not because I think it's been like over two weeks since we've had actually got actual NHL like centric podcast. Right, but, right. I feel like we should touch on that in a second. Maybe not right now. I just want to put did, that out there. Did we ever bring up the fact that uh, Patrick Line, like obviously he had that beautiful goal, but then going back to how much I love Brandon Hagel, Brandon Hagel beat the shit out of Patrick Line. Oh, I've I mean, about that for days. Yeah. That's great. Um, obviously. Uh, Hagel beat him, but like if you're John Tortorella, the fact that oh, yeah. he got he got into a fight, scored a goal, like that's I, I think that's you're you're probably getting a hey, good book. It's a now. great timeline. It's a great timeline for him because you know he has this issue, he has this uh you know this uh, altercation with the coach or whoever it was. I forget exactly who it was. I'm very sure it was one of the coaches. It was one of the assistants, I think. I don't think mm-hmm. it was John Tortorella. Imagine if it was John. No, it wasn't. Tor- no, no, no. He be he would not play another game for that franchise if it was Tortorella. He probably would have killed him. On the bench, yeah, and, and yeah, right oh, there. We would, have, we would have cheered him on, um, but uh, no, yeah, you would have I thrown him over the bench without the glass. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, but the fact that you see him get into the fight, that I mean, you know, you know why he did that. You know, Patrick Line wouldn't have dropped the gloves for no reason. I mean, that's exactly what Tortorella wants out of his guys. You, you want him to stand up. You want your big guys to stand up for your other guys. You get that from your, you know, you get that from your score, your uh, your soft pinko finish score. Yeah, I, I if I'm John Tortorella, I fucking love that. Uh, and, well, because that's what Tortorella wants specifically. I believe the person he was standing up for was his teammate in Winnipeg, Jack Rosovic. And if I'm not mistaken, he's gone point per game since he's gone trade there, which is uh, it's so fun to watch. Which is that's awesome. It. Did you see that? fucking assist against carolina um i'm gonna do a terrible job describing it but like you did like a 360 had the puck between a skate oh my god i gotta send it to you it's it was so beautiful but i'm I'm, I'm glad imagine you're watching it too yeah but 
I'm I'm glad that he's gonna dunk Columbus. Um, obviously things weren't working out in Winnipeg. He's from the area, so I'm I'm glad that he's he's figuring it out there. But yeah, pretty perfect uh, start, honestly. But uh, back to the disaster that is the Nashville Predators. Uh, Victor Arvidsson, he's an interesting one because he is a 30 goal scorer. Um, signed to a relatively okay contract, but it's four years left at 4.250 at 27 years old. Like, do you, this anyone really? Yeah. Like, does anyone want to take that on? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I think one of the, I believe, uh, at Angry Preds fan on Twitter, give him a little shout out. Give him a give him a little two or three followers that might listen to the podcast. That's um, even generous. <laughs> um, from what I know, that Arvidsson might be a bit of smoke and mirrors with his uh, thirty goal season, and that might kind of be the issue with him. Still, obviously a good player, but I want to double check if that's the case or if I was, you know, if I'm remembering this wrong. Either way, go follow at Angry Preds fan on Twitter. Great guy. Um, let's see. I mean, I could see his. Uh, what's his? What's his Corsi? I mean, his Corsi's been very solid year in year out. He's got a fifty last year, fifty four point eight five so far. I mean, that's pretty impressive on this team. He had a fifty four point four six in twenty eighteen nineteen. I mean, again, that's pretty. It's pretty impressive. No, you know, maybe no. Like, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe I'm remembering this wrong because I mean, you know, he he looks. I mean, he looks good. I mean, everything seems to kind of. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see anything necessarily. Uh, it'll be bad, except then you look at last year: eleven goals, nine assists. I mean, that was a huge drop off as you know to what he was before. I feel like he had an and, injury that season, though. Did he? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I think you're right about that because he produced half as many shots as he did. Oh. A little bit more than half as many shots as he did the year before when he had 29 goals. And he shot it. That's really weird. He shot the exact, exact same percentage as he did in 2017-18. While, and if you compare 2018, uh, 2017-18 to last year, he produced half as many shots um, and only scored one. He uh, would have scored about 66% uh, as many as he did in that year. Granted, in uh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm doing like, yeah, I'm doing like mathematical uh, gymnastics over here. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> but the shot production that's that definitely worries you if you're a Nashville fan. Um, he produced much less shots. Um, so yeah, I don't know. He's a weird case. He's a very weird case, and maybe that injury's still nagging. I mean, maybe not just nagging, but maybe you know, it's just I don't know, man. I mean, two point seven eight percent shooting percentage. Clearly, that's going to go up. It's going to go up. So you don't want to trade him at the moment. However, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm looking at this name right here. Not named Philip. Mikhail Granlin, 28 years old, 3.750. You you remember Paul Fenton when he was the GM of the Minnesota Wild? Absolute disaster. One good thing he did do was trade Fiala for Granlin, or acquire Fiala for Granlin. And I think that trade... um, is really going to haunt the Nashville Predators going forward. Um, Fiala, you know, like he's had, he had flashes of brilliance with the Nashville Predators. He had an off a a down year when they traded him. And I just think like, that's not, that was not a good trade. And he had an incredible year last year. He's off to a bit of a slow start, but also take into consideration the fact that Minnesota, I think was off for a 
couple weeks with uh, the COVID situation, and I believe he actually scored last night because he's on my fantasy team. So, yeah, um, but that's a that's a trade I think that's going to come back to haunt them. And yeah. I remember just that article where it was like it was uh, David Poyle selling uh, Fiala out to, to better than what he was to be, but then he got Granlin back. You know, like yeah. you couldn't have got if you're trading Kevin Fiala, you couldn't have got someone back better than Mikhail Granlin. You know, it's just. Man, oh man! And then I look at this. I look forward. The Wild have to offer. Yeah, and <laughs> Colton Sissons. Oh boy, oh boy! This contract, six years left, twenty-seven years old. It's only two point eight, but the fact that it's six years until he's thirty-three, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I've. It's literally the Brandon Tanev. Like Brandon Tanev's contract is the shiny version of that. Like, we all thought the Brandon Tanev contract was a complete joke the second it was signed. But, man, Tanev's been very good all around for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And you know what? Term is still bad. But, you know what? In the long run, it may not be that bad anyways. Boy, oh, boy, that assistance contract is very much not that so far at all. That's Uh, a rough, rough contract. Luke Conan. I'm 23 years old, two years left, 2.3, kind of just whatever. But I believe the way they acquired him was they traded their, like, a pick in the 30s for Minnesota, and that pick could have been Marat Kuznodinov, and that would have been a great pick for Nashville, picking up Askarov and Kuznodinov in that draft. And that's another thing I want to bring up, the fact that Nashville has been so poor with drafting. So I just want to go... I kind of brought it up earlier, but going through these players, Matthew Shane, not drafted by Nashville. Philip Forsberg, not drafted by Nashville, albeit they fucking robbed Washington in that trade. Victor Arvidsson actually is drafted by Nashville, which was a good find for them. I believe he was drafted in the fourth round in 2014, something like that. He was an overager. Mikhail Grandlund, yeah. uh, not drafted by uh, Nashville. Colton Sissons was drafted by Nashville. Good, good find, but again, you're paying him almost $3 million for the next six years. He's 27. Like, what the hell is that? Um... Luke Cunning, not drafted by not drafted by Nashville. Rocco Grimaldi, not drafted by Nashville. Callie Yarncroft, not drafted by Nashville. Eric Howla, not drafted by Nashville. Nick Cousins, not drafted by Nashville. And Jakob Trennan, who is drafted by Nashville, but it's not like he's this like top six forward, you know? Their defense. Roman Yossi, drafted by Nashville. We know this about Nashville. They're incredible at drafting and developing defensemen. Ryan Ellis, drafted by Nashville. But then you go deeper. Mark Borietsky. Drafted by Ottawa, not drafted by Nashville. Matthew Benning, not drafted by Nashville. Dante Fabro, drafted by Nashville. That's a great pick. But then Jared Tenorti, not drafted by Nashville. Ben Harper, not drafted by Nashville. Thank God they didn't draft him. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Goalies. So, they've drafted Pekka Rene. Good find. Like, Pekka Rene is such a weird goalie. He'll have an incredible Vezina year, but then he'll just shit the bed next year. Like, he'll have one good year, one bad year. Unbelievable. His bad years have been very bad. Yeah, like, I want to say in 2011, he was in the top five voting for the Heart, and he was a Vesna finalist. Like, he had some really good years with Nashville. And he brought them He brought them within two wins of the Cup. And Lucy yeah. Saros, he's okay. He's had, a, he's had a tough start to this year. Yeah. Um, the big thing for them, obviously, is uh, is Yaroslav Askarov is in the system. But then I look at the injured reserve here. Ryan Johansson, boy, oh, boy. Still another five years left at $8 million at 28 years old. Not, also, not drafted by Nashville. And <sighs> <laughs> looking at that in hindsight, 
That's Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson. No matter what you think about Seth Jones, like Columbus totally fucking stole uh, Jones from Nashville. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Matthias Ekholm, I think he's so underrated. He's oh, on the injured reserve right now. More underrated defenseman in the league, no doubt. I, oh, I'd kill. He'd be perfect on the Blackhawks right now. Oh, yeah. Um, Two years left at 3.75. Great contract. I got nothing to complain about. That. Like, that's just a great find by them. But obviously, so weird how their defensemen are good and signed well, and yet the players that are on forward, they just don't know how to. You know, they, they don't understand. It's they almost really as if don't. they don't know how to develop them, and also don't they don't understand what a good forward is. It, yeah. Like that's the. Ah, uh, you mean you could? Hell, you could go back. Like go back to Laviolette. Laviolette has his issues. He makes his dumb, dumb moments, just like any head coach, especially the older ones. However, however. You give that man, like, you give that man a good forward core, right? And you just allow the, like, it, it starts with development. It starts with development. They aren't developing these players. To, they don't, it's as if they don't want to have an offensive stud. At least that's what I see, from what I see from the outside. And you know what? I'm sure, you know, again, you know, my friends, they can, they can correct me on this stuff or not. Um, but it seems like this starts with development, you know, that what they want in Nashville is to have, you know, they want, you know, a guy like David Legwand. It's almost as if they want everybody to be David Legwand, except for That Philip was their Forsberg. first ever draft pick. I think he went he's second overall behind the Cavalier. He's their franchise scorer. Leading franchise he, scorer? Is he, he actually? He, pretty sure. Oh, my God. Pretty sure Eamon uh, had mentioned that as him being the, uh, him being the, uh, the worst um, being like a franchise leading point getter. Of any if I'm not mistaken, they traded David Legwan to Detroit and they got Cali yes. Arncroft, which is not a bad trade, but like... No, not at all. Arncroft's a very... I like that. I like him. Ily Tolvin is on the taxi squad. Now, he's interesting because when he got drafted, he was kind of one of those players where good goal scorer, but uh, not much else to his game. Had an incredible year in the KHL. I think he played for Team Finland at the Olympics and... He did. Not much sense. I don't. I don't know what's going on. What's the situation I mean, you there? You would know because he uh, he knocked out Canada. Wow. Majors. Okay. Yeah, no, that was looked... that. No, no, it wasn't that was uh, I forget who scored, but he also knocked out USA. So you know. Oh fuck off. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but for, I mean, and from what I hear, uh, from what I, I mean, from what I see, from what I hear, from knowing that John Hines is the head coach, complete misuse. Just another guy, and this is where I, I it starts to show that it's that it's it's misuse, it's misdevelopment. I mean, look at Kevin Fiala. Look at Kevin Fiala. Look at Kevin Fiala going from Nashville to Minnesota, and not Minnesota. even one season later. One season later, not even one season later. Look at what he's doing. I mean, it's just. It, it's it's kind of like it it I I feel awful for for Predators fans man just like looking at this like I feel that you get any other GM in there any other front office like just it and you know I say that but look at what the CEO said like what do you what the fuck man what are you gonna do the worst part is I don't know where they go from here I really don't like I I just don't know where they go from here I can say what I think they should do. And I have, I've got plenty of ideas and yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm an armchair, armchair GM just as much as anybody else is, but 
I have a gut feeling that I could, that uh, me and all those other people could probably do a better job of the direction of who the fuck is fired and who isn't, uh, at least with the big names. David Poyle and John Hines should be gone yesterday. It's just they invest so much money in these forwards. Like, Philip Forbes, we're going to understand. But Matthew Shane, Ryan Johansson, Kyle Turs, who they bought out and now have to pay $2 million for the next five-plus years. Like, oh, man. I, I will say I think Shane would be much, much better anywhere else. Almost anywhere else. I feel so um, bad for Matt Duchesne because it just seems like everywhere he goes, like the team just goes to shit. Oh, really? It's almost like he's a locker room cancer. That's crazy. Um, but because uh, no, he's a good Canadian kid. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure, bud. Uh, Ryan Johansson, I honestly think is another guy who was overrated a bit when he went to Nash or when he, yeah when he went to Nashville. Um, and not not his fault, you know, young guy, a lot of promise. I think that he will. Or I think he's become underrated. The contract doesn't really do him justice, unfortunately. He's, he's paid more than he's worth. Um, but I do think that if he went to, again, you put this guy on a team with offense, like a team with offense at all, and I'm sure he would look great. Like, I think he could even play up to the 8 mil. I mean, you know, with what 8 million is worth in the NHL these days, I, I think he could play close to it. You know, there's, we could. You know what, man? We could spend all day criticizing these contracts. I think some of these guys could live up to them if they just were were literally anywhere else. Uh, not Minnesota either, because Minnesota is also, yeah. Literally, Minnesota, Arizona, maybe Columbus. Just don't put them there. <laughs> I mean, especially Columbus. They're just like, Tortorella does not want them to score, <laughs> it feels like. And, but he wins doing it, so who gives a shit? So... Here's what I think Nashville needs to do. We're going to transition into this team after this. And the Florida oh, Panthers, perfect. You, perfect. you love what Bill Zito's done. I think he's done a terrific job. And I'm I think Bill Zito, that, my man. David Poyle is so attached to that team. Yeah. Like he's handed out, he's been there for their entire franchise's history. He's handed out all these big contracts. You need like a fresh voice like Bill Zito to say like, okay, what the fuck is this contract? And then move him out. You look at Florida, yeah. you look at the Mike uh, Matheson contract. Oh, pardon me, Matheson. Yeah, yeah. You trade him. You, you catch yourself there, buddy. Yeah. Mathis, you look at that contract and you're like, okay, what the fuck is this? He's making almost $5 million for the next however many years. And then you trade him for Patrick Hornquist, and Patrick Hornquist is doing incredible in Florida. And the third leading scorer. He's he had 13 points because he fits and, perfectly in that system. And yeah, that, like on to Florida. Well, you moved that contract. Who else? I don't think he moved anybody else besides Josh Brown that was really notable. But then he, he went on free agency and took like a chance on some of these guys like Carter Verhage, uh, to yeah, declare for like league minimum, or as opposed to Nashville, you go out, you sign Matt Duchesne for seven years at eight million dollars. You know, it's just, yeah. uh, they're just handing out yeah, just, too many big contracts have, and they're underperforming. Yeah, well, you have money invested into into other people. You know, like well, I mean, you did need that number one center in Matt Duchesne. He isn't it though. Did he? Yeah, he really he's not really it and was he ever gonna fit in Nashville? Like I, I mean but he, he oh loves, he likes I know country he loves music. He, yeah. <laughs> he likes country music every single time like they like oh my god, like yeah, old hockey analysts like like think of Matthew Shane, they're like, Oh but you know what, man, oh 
boy, does he love his country music. Twing, twing, twing. Like, oh my God. <laughs> it's That was my favorite. That off season of them going, well, you know, I think he's going to Nashville because man, oh man, he loves his country music. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that was my favorite narratives. But um, yeah, I mean, he fits there as a person. System-wise, no, he does not, not at all. He does not fit there at all. And it sucks because, man, they, it, in terms of roster structure in the sense that they knew that number one center, he's if you're looking to free agency, that's the guy you get. It's exactly the guy you get. But, yeah. That's the guy you yeah, get when you don't have $8 million tied up in Dryan Johansson and $6 million tied up in Kyle Turris, who you had to eventually buy out and pay $2 million for another five-plus years. Oh, they already had $6 million. Oh, you're right. Fuck, I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. never mind. I mean, that's the guy you want, but, the, yeah, the money doesn't make sense. You're right. Fuck, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that, even, that makes it even more confusing. Then. I mean, again, not really confusing, but, like, more just like, why would why you do, do it? Like, I wouldn't say confusing as much as like, that's stupid. Yeah, like, again, yeah, again, structure it makes sense in terms of like, yeah, you, you want that guy, you know, you want that guy, but <laughs> can you afford it? Especially when you got a guy like Forsberg up in the next couple of years. Like, that's, oh my God, yeah. And Roman Yossi, how long is he? Oh man, how long is Yossi signed for? Oh, uh, fucking. He's signed for, I think he's the first year of his eight or of his contract. Yeah, eight years left. Okay. Yeah, okay. Was 30 years old. I mean, to be in fairness, Ooh. like, Yossi did, is a great defenseman. He's one in North. He's the guy you give eight mil to. He's not, he's not Brent Seabrook. He's the guy you give eight million to. Eight mil, eight million years, I should say. Years. I don't I don't see him as like a defenseman that's going to age so badly because he's more like of a yeah. swift skater puck movement as opposed to like yeah. Brent Seabrook. He was no, more no, slow. And took a lot could of... never even touch Roman Yossi, like in yeah. terms of skill, never. But like Alex, 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 Alex Petrangelo, Alex Petrangelo took a guy like that. That's a guy who's going to fall off hard. He's oh, going yeah. to fall off. Like, and I, it sucks. I really do like Alex Petrangelo. I think he's just fucking fantastic. He's he's what a lot of Hawks fans thought Prince Seabrook was. No offense to Brent Seabrook or Hawks fans. He's he's all that and more. He's fucking incredible. Um, Roman Yossi is. Guys won a Stanley Cup and an Olympic gold medal, man. Like man, I would take Roman. I take prime Roman Yossi over. Well, what we just what you can assume is has been prime Alex Petrangelo, and he's not going to age nearly as badly as Petrangelo. Not close. Um, like hey Keith, Keith, man, he was good for a minute. He's been decent this year, but he didn't really. He did not age um age out the way that Brent Seabrook did. And you could even argue that, you know, Roman Yossi is better in his prime than Duncan Keith. You could argue that. Like, so I think, I think offensively. Yossi, oh, offensively, absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, Keith, his shot has never been, you know, his, his strongest asset. Um, Keith's not going to, like, Keith's not going to, like, like deke out everyone and go to the crease, you know? Like, Roman Yossi. Roman, yeah, he's not going to yeah, have a Bobby Orr goal like Yossi had against the Hawks yeah. a little while ago. Beautiful goal. Um but, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, that contract isn't too bad. That, or I should say not too bad. I think it's fine. I think it's it's going to be really it's good just, for a couple of years. Player. Yeah. yeah. The problem but is it's, it's – but, but long term, I mean – but, I mean, I think that's the best you can ask for in terms of a franchise player, right? Look what Mitch Marner's getting. And Mitch Marner's been fantastic. But, like, 
I don't know, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you're going to give big money and big years to your guys, you know, to your guys, your cornerstone pieces. Especially with, look what they did with Brian Johansson. Like, oh boy. I mean, he's only making two and a half million less, or no, four and a half million less than what McDavid's making. Like, you look at these centers like Mark. That's a really tough spot to put him in. (laughs) But you're not wrong. But, like, Okay, that was a bad comparison, but like Nathan McKinnon, he's making six million dollars. <laughs> Mark Streifley, six million dollars. You know, like oh yeah, that's that's a good. I just Ryan Johansson. Why aren't you Connor McDavid? <laughs> that was a fucking horrible comparison. But... <laughs> just imagine John Hines gets in the locker room. He like he like Jenny Flex next to you know Jenny Flex next to him, and he's like. Look what just look what Connor McDavid just did. Look what he just did the Leafs this game. Okay, look at I'm not seeing anything out of you. Uh, sorry, how much do you make this year? Yeah, get out there. <laughs> One and a half million less than Connor McDavid. Because in my head, you're, I was, I'm sorry, I was, you're only making two thirds of what he makes, and I'm sorry, I'm not seeing that on the score sheet, buddy. Because I was thinking in my head, ten point five million. Like that's only two and a half, and then I'm like, oh wait, he makes twelve point five, and then I'm like, oh four and a half, and I'm like, oh okay, that's oh, numbers. Okay. <laughs> Point is, he's overpaid. Point. He is. Yeah, and then it sucks. I, I like Ryan Johansson. It sucks, man. He's just in a terrible position. Again, we've said it, and I know you're not. You, I know you're not attacking the player. It's the Brent Seabrook situation. It's because he's the guy. Every team has that guy, but it's the one that we, one that our team, our fans, I should say, brings up about our team. You're not. He put eight million dollars in your face. What are you gonna do? Fucking say no. Yeah. Oh no! I I shouldn't. I should be a good team player and uh, make yeah. less than that. Like if, if you see guys maybe take like half a maybe half a mil off and or like, like I want to make four million. You know? Like, yeah. You know, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. I want like like once you get older, I, and this is what bothers me because it's it's usually uh, it's usually boomers saying this like you know you just take a hometown discount. I feel like when you get older, you realize I'm gonna make as much fucking money as I can. Like I'm, I'm, you, I'm, you know, secure the bag. Yeah, secure the bag for real, for real. One hundred emoji. You got to do that. Like that's that's life, man. Like, fuck. If you if you did all the work that Ryan Johansson has done his entire fucking life to play in the NHL, and he's not, he's only gonna play in there for a portion of you expect a portion of his life, maybe only a quarter of his life, he's gonna be working this career, like. Make as much fucking money out of it, man. So yeah, to 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 I don't know to put down this stupid argument that he should to people should take less money. Which is like in the fact that it's like his fault that you know he's paid that much money. Well, doesn't he know. want to win a Stanley Cup? Well, okay, he makes his money. <laughs> let's let's no, look at someone that's like the GM's job. That's the GM's job. The GM's job is to pay the players and to put the best team around them. Like again, yeah. you want to take half a mil or a mil less? Sure, maybe. Again, that's an eighth of what he's making. But like, I don't know, man. Like, you—that's that's up to the GM. That's up to yeah. the GM to make that team. I'll take the money that you give me. We'll work it around. I'll take what I think the best offer is for me. I'm gonna go along with my day. That's literally what the job and is. Like, 
Worst case, like look at someone like Joe Thornton who spent forever in San Jose. He will goes to Toronto in hopes of winning a Stanley Cup. Like Ryan Johansson could do that. Ryan Johansson could do that. You know, like he makes his money and be like, sure. okay, I maybe I, I haven't won a Stanley Cup in Nashville, but maybe I'll go somewhere who's a contender and maybe I send less money because you know I made all I've made a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. But Florida Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> the th- oh yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, we were kind of getting into that. Yeah, we kind of went off the off the deep end. Florida, the is kind of, Florida was kind of like Nashville. Last year, they went out, they signed Sergei Bobrovsky, they signed Anton Strawman, they signed Brett Connolly, they signed all these guys, middling guys to terrible contracts, but they're still on the team, yes, but like they, they also went out this year, they signed some guys on the cheap deals. You still got... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't Claire Verhage, uh they they signed Gustav Forsling, who's been look. Uh, I mean, at least underlying numbers wise, he's been he's been solid defensively. He's been fine. Good for him. Um, Gudis, radical Gudis. You know, not, again, not a perfect player, but he brings something they needed. That he, apparently, like uh, you know, Charles is kind of our insider in terms of Florida. Um, in, well, both on you know how they're doing and how much they're destroying him. Luckily, not this year. Good for him. Uh, it sounds like they need a guy like him, a guy who just can kind of just go fuck you to the other team. And, you know, they needed that. Patrick Hornquist is a kind of guy who's just, you know, just busts his ass, gets to the net. He, you know, does the dirty work. Like, you need a guy on the team that does that. And that's what Patrick Hornquist does. He's going to go in front of the net. He's not going to get out of the way. He's going to put his, he's going to park his ass in the crease. And he's not going to move. And he's going to just fight for every loose fucking puck that he can. Noted normal, uh, former Nashville Predator, by the way. Um, but uh, scored, yeah, score the Stanley Cup winning goal against the team that drafted him. By the way, oh, oh, fuck, I forget that. That's so. And oh, I believe he was the last pick of the twenty two thousand. He's probably. I think he's the best. He's the best last pick ever, isn't he? Oh, definitely. Pretty sure. I don't, I don't yeah, know there can't be anybody else who's been better than that. I go. Yeah, so you know, I'm going to go to Nashville's. I have the roster here. Yeah, 230th overall in 2005. So I want to make sure I mention because I really want to get to like kind of in detail with Florida because for whatever reason, when I'm literally I literally talk to Nashville uh, fans every day. You know, I'm just not I just can't seem to get it right whenever I'm talking about them. But uh, Florida, for whatever reason, I can just inside and out. Um, they have a guy on the team whose last name is basically Listerine, so I know that. <laughs> oh yeah. He he seems like a good player from what I've seen. He seems to have uh seems to have some skill on him. Uh, I liked what I've seen seen from him besides the fact that he scored his first goal against us. Owen Tippett. Owen Tippett uh finally getting it seems like uh you know, real good look him. in this team. Good yeah, good for him. No, uh, noted good Canadian boy. Um <laughs> Frank Vitrano hasn't done That's too much this season. Um uh, well let's let's go I'm gonna go down. You know, Huberto, obviously, you know, corner piece. Or cornerstone piece of the franchise. Some um, people Barkov, would say the most underrated player in the NHL. And I think you'd be absolutely right to say that. Um, Barkov, obviously, is another cornerstone piece. This is going in terms of uh, salary. Here's so the next thing. Patrick Corner, Nashville please, doesn't have this, though. So Florida is in a bit of a situ- better situation than Nashville would be to turn things around. They don't have those two. No. I mean, well, they have it on defense, though. But but Florida even, also has an Aaron Eckblad. Mackenzie Weir and Aaron Eckblad are pretty good, though. Yeah, like you have great piece, you have two great pieces up top, two great pieces down low. Yeah, you've got that in both both facets, right? Uh, funny enough, um, going the first three players in terms of salary, um, going from top down are 
also their uh, top three scorers in that same order. Uh, Brett Connolly is getting 3.5 a year. I forget exactly how he's done this year. Frank Petrano has had a bit of a, you know, been a bit off to start the year. Alexander Wenberg, who signed for only 2.25. That's another signing that I forgot to bring up. That's, that's Alexander Wenberg, 2.25. Uh, yeah, he has like three goals in the year so far. I mean, hey, you get three goals, or if you get, you know, the pace he's scoring at for the rest of the year in terms of goals, I mean, that's a great signing. So I can't, again, I can't really comment on his uh, overall play, um, but uh, we, need, we need to have Charles on for like, we should definitely have an, ep- uh, an episode where we just kind of, you know, dive into the Panthers because they're just that, they're fascinating so far. Um, Hinnestroza has actually been really bad uh, to start the year. He's been benchful. Unfortunately, yeah, and his uh, the time he's been on the ice uh, has just not been good. I mean, look at his underlying stats. He's one of the lowest uh, in terms of uh, Corsi 4. Um, Anthony Duclair uh, signed for 1.7, which between those two, I would have thought, hey, Vinny Hinnestroza goes back to Coach Q, has a you know, bit of a renaissance. Not only renaissance, but you know, has a, you know, plays much better than he was last year. Um, and Duclair goes back to Coach Quinville, who I wouldn't think was – I don't think was a big fan of him uh, when he played um, completely the other way around. Duclair has been one of – he's been fantastic. He's produced chances every single game. He's been – he's gotten on the score sheet as with assists. That's not his game. He is, he is a goal scorer first, the playmaker second. That's been the biggest knock on him aside from hockey sense. And uh, he's got a beautiful goal to show for it. Uh, he scored against the Lightning the other night. Um but again, he's he's produced way more chances than have been put in. So I mean, I think the floodgates are going to open in the next you know couple of weeks or so. But a beautiful signing by uh, Bill Zito there. Um, you've got this fucking Listerine guy. I guess you know he's good or whatever. But Carter Verhage, probably the uh, most notable signing here. Um, I'm trying to find his. Stats, I believe, man, oh man, I believe, um, I mean, he had, let's, let's also mention, he had 82 points, 82 points in the AHL, um, in 2018-19. He didn't play any games in the AHL the next year. Um, he played, uh, he played 52 games with the Lightning, uh, had 13 points in 14 games with the Panthers. He has 12 so, uh, yeah, he's been an okay signing. Um, I believe there was, man, there was a statistic that uh, Charles mentioned to me. Uh, something, it, it may have been something along the lines of, you know, goals scored above expected and him being lower on the list. I forget the exact number, but this is another example of, this is another Jonathan Marcia, so. This is just another Jonathan Marcia, so. And, yeah, he wouldn't have. But I protect him for the expansion draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, gotta fucking that, that just like breaks my heart. Like, what an awful, what an awful, awful off season that that was. Jesus. But um, definitely, you know, he's not gonna have twelve points if he's with Barkov. But the fact that he has twelve points at all is the fact that he's basically a point per game. After let me do my math here. He was literally wow, literally point two five uh points per game. Good and now enough. he's nearly at one. Nearly at one point per game. Which is just insane. I mean, again, he could not score a point the rest of the year and he's basically put up the same production as last year. Um go on defense. Um this is the thing too they have Keith Yandel and Bobrovsky, sixteen point three five mil under contract. Sixteen point three five million under contract. How many how many years oh. does Yandel have left? 
handle this three. Sorry, give me one sec. I'm going to do a little bit of math here. So here's the thing. I think I 21.85 mil. 21. No, 22.8. No, yeah, 21.85 million caught up in Anton Strawman, Keith Yandel, and Bobrovsky. A quarter protect. of their cap. Like, you look at their contracts, the, the bad contracts they signed, Brett Connolly, not great, Anton Strauman. I believe both of them end in two years, so at the very yeah. least, it's not screwing you long-term. Even Keith Yandel, that's only a few years left. That's not horrible. But Sergei Bobrovsky, what the fuck do you do with that contract? Chris Drieger uh, is making, I think, not even a million dollars. No, he's making 150K. Yeah, and he's putting up, and he's. I think he has the exact same record as him, and I believe he has way better numbers. Just goes to show you that goaltending is voodoo, wizardry, and bullshit. And you got Spencer Knight coming. What the hell do you do with Sergei Bobrovsky? I have no clue. Chris Drieger in seven games has a 2.39 in goals against average. Who gives a fuck? A .924 save percentage. Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah, I'm having to bring up goals against average. What a bullshit stat. So, um, it's just an awful stat. I, why would Florida do that? You know, that, that 2019 year, I think it was, you really so, couldn't have gone out and signed Robin Leonard after the fact you drafted someone like Spencer Knight, who's probably going to be in the NHL, at the very least at the AHL soon. I don't man. get that. How? What are they going to do with Seven, that? I don't know the exact records. I'm not looking at the uh, right uh, sheet for that. But in the same amount of games where Chris Drieger... Drieger, 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 I mean, you, you got five years after this. You got oh, six years God. left, including this one. But let's look at it this way. After this year, two years of Yandel. After this year, one of Strawman. I believe after this year, I believe it's after this year, one of Connolly as well. Um, let me just pull that back up. Uh, no, it's two of Connolly after this. Um, one of Strawman. Well, it's not like it's ha- like hamstringing them. That Bobrovsky contract no, is terrible. Like even Achari, we have one more year, one more year after this. I mean, it's just I forgot about him too. It's just one point six. I scored twenty goals and is like completely fell off the face of the earth. I believe. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you got twenty goals in a season out of him. I mean, that's literally just you. You paid the contract, or you were in you were in the contract. That's perfectly fine, I'm sure. Um, for Bill Zito, but uh, yeah, I mean, oh my God, oh, to get into their defense, I want to touch on this. So. Ekblad, 7.5 mil a year. I mean, that's he's playing above it. He's Aaron fucking Ekblad. He's a great player. Uh, Keith Yandel. You won Calder over Mark Stone and Johnny Gaudreau, by the way, in 2015. What a great Sorry. class. Jeez, I love Mark Stone so much. And I believe Philip Forsberg was fourth in voting. So. Oh, as he should have been. He was fantastic that year. So Keith Yandel, 6.35 for the next, well, including this year, the next three years. Um... It, I mean, what I say, you know, Yandel is just what Yandel is. He's awful defensively. Puts up some points now and then. Well, he's put up a lot more points in the past. He's been fine this year in terms of offense. You know, he scored two goals early on. 
uh, I would know because I watch the Blackhawks. Um, Anton Strahlman, uh, 5.5. I mean, it seems like he's just fine. I don't know if he's bad either way. Oh, no, he's one bad. Year, he's bad. He's, that's, uh, he's, like, he's really lost a step. Uh, that makes sense. He played a very, you know, he played the kind of style where you lose a step. But, you know, at least it's only one year after this. Um, but then you get into the uh, beautiful spots, the cheaper ones. And this is where Bill Zito comes in. It's, this is the money ball effect. Mackenzie Weger, one of the – hey, one of the best – Maybe the most underrated defenseman in the entire. I was going to say one, of, definitely one of the more underrated defensemen in the NHL. My, my favorite players overall, just you know, after uh, Charles uh, introduced me to the Church of uh, Uyghur this uh, past off season, three point two five, and you have him for two more years after this. Fucking incredible, incredible signing, incredible contract, Marcus Nunavara. I don't know if they gave him this contract, but either way, two point seven mil for uh, this year and the next. I mean, that's a solid defenseman, and you got him for under 3 mil. Brad Kogutis, again, not the best defenseman, but 2.5 mil. He, he roughs some guys up, brings an aspect that some of the other guys do, they don't have. I don't care if you say I'm sorry. You do, need a guy, you do need a guy who can bring a physical aspect to the game. You just, you just got to have that. You got to have one or two guys that can do that. Uh, Joel Nielsen. Um, <laughs> no did, you just say, did you just say <laughs> My ears did not deceive me. I heard what I heard. It's a sound bite. I wish we were had a bigger podcast so that could be a sound bite. That's that's very me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Juleson. I almost fucking did it again. <laughs> they have him at seven hundred k. I don't. I don't know much about Noel Juleson. I almost did it again. He's um, been he's uh, been ravaged with injuries with Montreal. Yeah. He got claimed by Florida, and I don't know if he's got any time or anything. Yeah. But I know he's been like a, he was like. Kind of like the uh, the kind of like the ne- the next player they were excited for in uh, in Montreal, yeah, he just kind of dropped off. And then, uh, but then Gustav unfortunately, like, uh, sounds like he's been pretty solid so far. I mean, um, unfortunately, all I can go by for that is stat stat uh, stat sheets. Um, yeah, I cannot talk today. Um, but yeah, I mean, all I can go by with him is stat sheets. But I mean. Hey, if you can get a, a guy who's good on, you know, good with stat numbers at 700k, and uh, as a third pairing guy, who gives a shit? Who cares? That's it's already a great signing. I mean, come on. So, yeah, I, I just it, it's again the moneyball effect. All these guys he's taking flyers on. I mean, like you know, some guys like Weger he's got for a three year contract. You got you know Nunavara for the next two years. Um, you've got Perhagi for two years. You've got um, he's always for two years. I thought he was only one year. Yeah. Two oh, years, one. Year. That's that's a good con. That's even a be- even better yeah, contract. That, that extra year is going to be beautiful. I mean, just look at look at everybody who came from the talent era. I mean, Connolly's not an awful player, I don't think. But like, come on, like three point five mil for the next two years after this? No, man, no. And I mean, there's. There's Connolly, there's um, Strawman, there's Yandel, there's Bobrovsky. I mean, that's just those four players is a chunk of your cap. It's over a quarter of your cap. The only person that um, that Zito's brought in that was a like big money um, on uh, on the cap is Patrick Hornquist at five point three. And he's but again, you traded Michael for him. Yeah, you you basically you just you you cut the time in half. Not only did you cut the time in half, 
you got a player that's actually really fucking good for your team. Like there's there's just he won that in, every, in virtually every single way possible. Kind of brings an element that they don't have. The guy like again like they'll just park his ass in front of the net and yeah. not move at all and bang and rebound. Like ah oh, what a God I love Bill Zito I really do I really wish I pray to God the Hawks somehow get a guy like him in the future I really do I doubt they will. At the very least, let Bowman like move up and then hire someone like him. You know, like oh yeah, is that too much to ask? (laughs) Is that too much to ask? Oh man, but uh, I think what's up? Sorry, you go, you go, you finish. Oh no, 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 you're fine. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, So here's the big question of Florida: They've obviously had a tremendous start to the year, but are they a playoff contender or Stanley Cup contender? (sighs) I think. I mean, I think they're the thing is, I think they're making the playoffs easily, so I have to put them in the Stanley Cup. Okay, here's a better question: Do you think they win their first playoff round since 1996 this year? Absolutely. Like, I think honestly, I I think no doubt. I think Bowman or well, <laughs> I think Quinville. I think Quinville. I was gonna say, I think uh, you know, Talon being gone gives Quinville, you know, honestly a lot more free reign. I feel like Talon was uh, having a lot more control than uh, a lot of people thought. Um, I think that there's also the fact that Talon gave him a shit team. Uh, Sounds familiar. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I just think that with this team, Quinville can actually do something, and I, and I have no, no doubt, no doubt in my mind that it's only going to get better from here as soon as there's. You know, as soon as Zito can get into the draft and do more, a guy like Lindell comes up, you know, a guy like Connolly gets off the books, a guy like Strawman comes off the books. You know, it's like, as time goes on, I think this is only going to look better for Florida. But right now, I think they easily won the first round. I think the only question is how many more they win after that. So here's the thing. I'm going to say the four teams that make it in so far, it's Florida, Tampa, Carolina. But the question is, who is that fourth team? And let's say if Florida finishes first and they get like a team like Dallas, Columbus, or even Chicago, I think they win that series. But if it's Tampa, Carolina, like if it's second versus third, or, or, even, if yeah. they, or even if they fall to fourth, like and they get like Tampa and Carolina in first, it really depends on how things shake out. But like if they go up against Tampa or Carolina, I think they lose. But if they get one of Columbus, Dallas or Chicago, I think they can win. But really, if it's not Tampa or Carolina, honestly, I could see them taking Carolina. I could, uh, I don't know. I just, I just really like Carolina, but at the same time, it, it's it, like, it just seems like every year there's kind they're kind of that team where it's like, okay, Florida's going to be good, but the one year where we don't expect them to be good, they're good. And I think this is, it's awesome to see that Florida is doing well. It's not like it's anything. I didn't even understand what you said. But... <laughs> oh my God. I got too close to the mic, but I said, yeah. they're going to be good. Like the, yeah, like the putting the fingers together, you know, emoji, you know, like, I mean, I thought they were going to be good, you know, oh, you know. But, but I think, I think either way, that's a good step for their organization. Like, no matter what happens. If they have a good year, let's say they push push uh, like Tampa or Carolina closer, if hell, even win a series, then I think that's a successful year for them. Oh, dude, um, if, they, if you can make... If, if you can not get shit on by the Islanders... Well, the Islanders... Oh, my God, like, yeah. Yeah, if you could not shit the bed the way that they did with Mike Matheson, then Matheson. I mean, I think it's improved. 
improve yeah improvement yeah all right so onto the canadian division um the nhl rarely does smart things or good things but i think this is one of the few good things that they've done it just seems like the canadian division so fun i understand most of the teams in it well all the teams are not like legitimate stanley cup contenders but i think that's what makes it so fun is you don't know who's going to win which game because even though ottawa is the worst team in the nhl they came back from 5-1 down against toronto so it's just it's such a shit show but it's the best kind of shit show um yeah if i'm not but you look at the division standings here Toronto, Montreal, I say, are going to go one and two. But, and no. Winnipeg, I say, goes for number three. But, the Can we just fourth... take a minute. Nikolai Ehlers finally finding his game again is just. Oh, I love yes. it. Finally he finding might... the production again. I he say. might be their best forward. But he might even be their best player, not named Connor Hellebuck. He is. He is. But, anyways. So, I think it's going to go Toronto, Montreal, Winnipeg, one, two, three. Doesn't really matter which order, but. Number four, this is interesting. I think Edmonton Calgary are going to battle it out for that number four spot because, I don't, quite frankly, Vancouver and Ottawa are not making it. But really? really? No, Vancouver and Ottawa are not making it. I wasn't it. very sure, but uh, okay. No. no Just want to make sure. But. <laughs> How are you sleeping on Ottawa? Never mind. Just go on. Bro, they have they have Matt Murray. They have Eric Branson. They have Josh Brown. They have, they have Art... They have Artem Zub. Artem Zub. Is that his name said? Yeah, Please tell Zub, me it's Zub. Or Zub. I can't remember. If Peter Fitz is Zub, I don't give a fuck. That's a, that's a it's funny... Still, like, I, saw, I saw it in the AHL app, and I'm like, that's maybe the smallest name of all time. And he scored a highlight reel against Toronto. He was oh, in he, the box, and then he came out and went like uh, backhand forehand against... It was Anderson, I'm pretty sure, he was playing. Yeah, but, it was a cardboard cutout. <laughs> Um, oh god, well, where's it gonna go? But I'm pretty sure the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames play most of their games at the end of the season, so there's gonna be like a few games of Edmonton and Calgary fight it, battling it out for the playoff oh. spot. And even if they're not playing each other in the playoffs, like that's gonna be must watch hockey, and I just love it. And going forward, even after the pandemic is done, I hope they keep this vision. They're obviously not going to, but I think. It's so much fun, and I'm, I, you know, I'm gonna enjoy every second of it before they right. inevitably get rid of it. Hot take, uh, considering the Calgary Flames, I'm fucking hilarious. Um, I, I think, I think Vancouver, I think Vancouver is uh, more in the conversation than Calgary is. Like in the end, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think that Edmonton takes that last spot. I mean, they fucking better because I need more Connor McDavid in the we playoffs. We need Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl playing in meaningful games. Well, they did last year, but then they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks. And, you know, uh, but that yeah, suck, losing to a 12 seed. Um, or what was a 12 seed? No. Yeah, we were at the 12 seed. Okay. I was like, wait, no, because they were the they were the highest, not in the top three. Anyways, um, I I think I just I trust Travis Green more than I. Oh my God. Jeff Ward, I, I think. I forget the the name of Calgary's head coach. That is my problem with them. They slip in and out of being the Minnesota Wild. They have some of the best fans in hockey, but so do the Wild. Like Minnesota Wild, 
They will always have fans. It's literally the state of hockey. But the Flames, sometimes I just don't remember that they're there. I, I don't. They're underachievers. They really are. They are. And, like, I just don't. Man, God bless Arkstrom's heart. God bless Johnny Goudreau's heart. I I just, I don't know. I just, I, I just don't see them going anywhere this year. Unless there's a coaching change, I don't see them doing anything this year. I wonder if they blow it up if they miss the playoffs. I don't think oh, yeah. you're trading – I don't yeah. think you trade Matthew Kachuk because I think he's their best forward. But like Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monahan, you gotta look at trading them. Monahan, I think it's move this off season. That's I, interesting. I see him. He's a he's a good second line center on. No, AJ he's Kachuk. definitely not a first line center. No, he's not a first line center. But man, I think in a second line role, he'd be. Oh, I'd love to see him in a second line role. I think he'd be so much better. Yeah. He he kind of he and Gaudreau reminds me of Strom and Dabrinkit. Like that's that's my whole thing. When he's not with Goudreau, he's a, he's kind of a black hole at times, and that's 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 my issue with Sean Monahan. And I like Sean Monahan, but he just hasn't he just hasn't really produced enough outside of Goudreau to really warrant being a first line center. But they just don't have anything else right now. Um, but I think I think Edmonton I think Edmonton takes that last spot. I think Winnipeg I think Winnipeg will be that that third seed there. Um, I don't see Edmonton. Well, if Mike Smith keeps playing the way he is somehow maybe they get to the third spot but either way um either way it's basically the same as you in terms of the top four teams except i think edmonton makes it for sure yeah that you know that that would be a fun series toronto versus edmonton oh my god twitter would be a shit show but uh the players that are going head to head would be incredible oh Um, yeah oh so many so you think vancouver makes it they're 8 11 and 1 right now you think they turn this around I don't think, man. I, I don't think they make the playoffs. I think they turn it around, though. You think I, they turn it around? You think they go ahead? They think they finish fifth ahead of Calgary, though. Yes, I, I trust. I trust Travis Green much more than I trust the guy whose name I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, true. I'm like, you asked that, and I was like, I think it's something Ward. I'm like Jeff Ward. I think <laughs> it is. I don't. Even, I don't even know if that's correct to be honest. Aaron but. Ward or something. I almost said Burt Ward, which is Burt literally. Ward. <laughs> Yeah, he was literally dead and was Robin in tights. But I, I mean, hey, I wasn't too far off. I always think of that fucking. <laughs> there's a scene from The Simpsons where Homer, I forget what he's doing, but he just goes out. He's like Burt Ward. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I instantly thought of. I, I can't remember what. I would have to look that up, but that's instantly what I thought of. But that's great. Uh, so. Yes, Burt Ward, noted Calgary head coach. You know who uh, just got traded? You know who just got traded for, to the Canadian division? Who's that? Alex Gilchenyuk. Uh, and also, I think you and I will touch on the other divisions later, for sure. But we are well, we're almost at the, we're just about the two hour mark. So let's definitely. Holy shit! Actually, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the well, game I, is about to start. <laughs> I didn't think, I didn't think it was going to go this long, but. I never think I got this far. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Hey, better than Coldplay. Better than Coldplay reference. I'll take it. Bro, bro, um, bro who listens no. to those British look pretentious back. bastards? Look at back at here, man. Look at that. You and I. Who would have thought we'd be here? Literally me, but. Not, um, a, not me. Well, honestly, me, because this is what happens when you and I do these episodes. But well, we, uh, just keep... we just be killing it. We just be 100 emoji out here, dude. We just, we be securing the bag. 
<laughs> for some reason, like saying dumb shit, ironically, just makes me think of that. Uh, that Joe Biden's dog tweet from earlier. Oh my god! <laughs> I want to read that. I want to read that. Okay, no matter where you stand politically, left or right, I think we can we can admit that this is one of the most just cringe-inducing tweets of recent memory. Um. <laughs> This comes from the Oval Poffus. <laughs> I didn't even notice that what it was called. It's called the Oval Poffus. It makes you have a. It has the. Uh, oh my god, I feel dumb. The uh, the R. It's not copyright. It's not trademark. It's, I, 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 oh, I forget. I know what you're talking. It's like about. probably like rights or whatever. I just don't know. Yeah, how that's I, I know what you're talking. Yeah. About. Um, it starts off with a little pause. I think it's rights reserved, something like that. Rights reserved. I, 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 I know what, what you're making. Yeah, sure. Either way, doesn't take away from uh, how awful this is. Um, it starts off with little uh, little paw emojis. It's so cute. And it, by the way, it's two pictures of um, it's a it's a dog by the fire. Yeah, as I'm guessing, this is a uh, uh, a satire of the dog that is in the uh, the uh, the Oval Office or the oh, I'm sorry, the Oval Office. My bad. Um, and uh, the tweet says. Um, Oh man! Oh yeah! So one of it's a dog by the fire. The next one is uh, good old Joe Biden changing that fire. What a nice man! Um, so it says my dad at president of the United States is very upset. Potus at Potus is very upset. Many humans are enduring freezing temps in their homes, so he declared state of emergency in Oklahoma and Texas. I've never been so grateful to have a dad who generally cares about all of us. That's too. He personally also bullshit reference. He's a dog. Anyways, he's a dog. He personally puts logs on the fire for me. <laughs> is that, is that people it? are literally people are literally homeless, flooded houses in Texas. By the way, definitely not a very tone deaf tweet at which, all. Which, by the way, our hearts go out to those people there because yeah. that fucking sucks, dude. Like. Yeah, I, I hope anybody who's reading this, this isn't a bad, like anyone who, who knows someone going through that or is going through that, I hope that we can at least, uh, I, I know as how, I should say, oh much God, I, I mean to say, that was, an, that was an awful mistake, sorry. I, I don't know and can't know how much that sucks. Um, hopefully this can, we can laugh at this in, in a way of, in a means of positivity because yeah, it's absolutely disgusting what's happening in Texas and the... I have to say the well, the lack of what's being done about it, and the people who are just saying, "Well, you should have voted left," because that is maybe the most sociopathic response I could possibly think. I mean, it's really disgusting. So, anybody, I mean, I'm, again, like I've been asked, I'm, I'm very, I'm far left, I'm a leftist. It doesn't mean I'm not going to call bullshit when I see it. So, anybody, please, please, anybody who is saying that, please think twice or three or four times about what you're saying if you put that out there it the people are who you vote for right now does not matter who you voted for does not matter people are it's it's a crisis people are in a crisis and the first thing we should be doing is lending a hand to somebody else that's what i believe i'm not saying we do that to a nazi just to every just to your general person no matter who they voted for Anyways, i saw this tweet it says republicans say no democrats say no with a heart yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. Absolutely right. And I also, another say. thing under that 
under that tweet of that stupid fucking tweet, uh, someone said <laughs> this thing would have been cute ten years ago, but with the state our world is in right now, it's not at all. Something like that. But oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's it's not only the fact that literally people are dying in this situation. It's like there's there's that little chestnut. And there's also like just the fact that like guys. Ah, kind of the vice president to war criminal in the past and you know he's not really doing what he said it's he was all other do. separate issue we all knew that this is gonna happen god we even like said thank god trump's out and we still said yeah this is gonna suck though it's just gonna suck a little bit less it's just gonna suck the heart is a to yeah. uh, put it the right way i guess um but yeah i uh oh man i i'm just gonna I'm gonna bring up tweets like that every episode. I I need that shit. <laughs> it's one of my favorite tweets. It's so bad. Oh my god. And the amount of people in the in the replies, all the like the like the just like I guess the best word, the Karens in the replies with the with the fucking oh wow. Well, what was one of them was uh did the last guy know how to change the fire? Just asking. It's like oh my god. Like, literally talks as much shit about Trump as anybody else is looking at that and going, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. You have one joke. You have one joke and that's it. Good Lord. Anyways, um, on to something more positive. Uh, well, more interesting. Uh, Galchenyuk um, just recently traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, After being traded from Ottawa to Carolina. But the thing is, he never went to Carolina, so he stayed in Canada this whole time. Carolina Hurricanes legend Alex Galchenyuk. So and it's like it's like when Mike Hoffman was traded for <clears throat> funny enough from Ottawa to San Jose, and then he went to Florida. Yeah, it's actually. Do you, know, do you remember Robin yeah. Leonard being a Maple Leaf for like two seconds? Technically, being one, yeah, which is uh, pretty funny because I think they would uh they'd probably take a flyer on him right now, or not say ah a flyer, but you know if they could uh if they could see what he's like instead of Freddie Anderson, I think they would uh. That's a whole other story I'm sure we'll get into uh, some other time, especially if his play keeps trending the way it has been. But, uh, yeah. The best team in the league. Yeah, it was Galchenyuk for Ryan Dezingle and... uh, Cedric uh, Paquette. Cedric Paquette. I almost said Nick Paul. Cedric Paquette, who, I mean, cool. I mean, like, it's a a guy. It's a guy. Sure. Okay. Won the cup of the lightning. Now he's in Carolina, and um, Carolina got Igor Korshkov out of it, which I think is interesting because he's been doing really good in the KHL, and that just doesn't seem like Carolina a tra- trade to really do. This, like Carolina made something out of this because I mean Ottawa they get this angle. I, I mean, like sure, like I I don't really see I don't really see what Ottawa was going for there. I mean, he's better than Paquette, I would think. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure what didn't work out with this angle in Carolina. Um, I've seen a couple of things on Twitter um, from uh, reporters. I forget who it was exactly. I mean, I mean, Jay Zawaski might not have been, but apparently there are some some rumblings, some uh, some you know, some hashtag insider news that uh, hearing some chatter. Yeah, I've been, yeah, there's really been some chatter, some rumblings about uh, Ryan Dezingle maybe being a bit of a locker room problem. So, uh, that, I mean, that could be why maybe he just didn't fit in with, you know, the Hurricanes for that reason, which seems to be a very well-gelled locker room overall. Um, so, that could be the case. Maybe 
puts in some goals in Ottawa and they can flip them at the deadline because God knows they're not going to the playoffs. Shocker. Um, my predictions are fucked now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Carolina really wins this because you, they get Paquette, which, you know, it's basically, I think, the same amount of money, I think. And, you know, he, he I mean, he at least brings something that they don't have. I mean, he punches people, sure. Like, he he does something that Ryan Dezingle doesn't, and Ryan Dezingle wasn't doing very much at all. So, I mean, like, you can't really lose that, per se, I guess, unless Dezingle really goes off. And it's, I think, also a, um, I think it's also an expansion draft move. If I recall correctly, I can double-check that. Um, but they also flip Galchenyuk, who kind of just is nobody, for your Korskov, who could be somebody. I mean, he looked all right. When Guy's he the- tearing it up in the KHL if I last check. I'm actually going to look that up right now. Um, oh, if the Maple Leafs, yeah, the, I, was, I was just going to bring that up. But funny <laughs> enough, they drafted him over Debrinkip. But at the same time, you look back, I'm pretty sure Tampa Bay also passed up on him. So, you know. So yeah, well, they're doing the, oh, no, wait, I, I think of Paquette, I think of Tampa Bay Lightning. So wow. you're score 32 points in 55 KHL games. That's not that's not nothing, you know. He had 16 goals, 16 assists, and then in the AHL last year he had 16 goals in 44 games. Again, not nothing. So I don't know. I think that's a good move for Carolina to take a flyer on him for. I mean, Korshkov doesn't really fit into the Leafs system per se. Galchenyuk in theory fits in more. Is like you know if you get what Galchenyuk is actually you know get a good Galchenyuk, which you probably won't. But like I don't know, man. I don't know. Doesn't really. Uh, I, I I don't. I mean, as a as a half Leafs fan, I guess half Leafs fan. It, as someone who follows the Leafs, I uh, yeah. I just I I think it's a bad move. I think you're giving up um, a very decent amount of potential for a guy who just there's nothing left there. I mean, maybe they get something. I don't know. But I just I don't know, man. I don't know. Hey. I think with Galchenyuk, he did have his 30-goal season, but since then he got traded to Arizona. Well, maybe he'll find it in Arizona. And then you trade him to Pittsburgh. It's like, okay, maybe he'll find his game with playing with Crosby or Malkin. And that didn't happen. Then he gets traded to Minnesota, and it's just bad there. And then he goes to Ottawa, and he can barely crack their lineup. And then he gets he traded to Carolina, then to Toronto. Like, he's on he the tax He's been doing is literally just like, it's the SpongeBob. Want to see me do it again? Yeah. Okay, this is where it's weird. Dezingle, Dezingle, mm, let me see, though. Paquette, I believe, makes 2.3-something. So what Carolina does is, because Dezingle, his contract's up at the end of the year as well. Um, so there's not, uh, you're not, it's not a, it's not an expansion draft move. So I, it's kind of just a cap move, I guess. I mean, I guess Carolina saw, you know, hey, well, Galchenyuk, you know, maybe we can, you know, maybe now we can fix him. You know, maybe now. Uh, but, I I mean, you know, outlook not so likely. Um, and, but I think, I think Carolina, um, I think they win this trade because, I mean, I don't know. I just think that you saved a mill. You weren't getting much out of this angle anyways, you know. Might you as well get Cat who can play right oh, now. Probably play no, on the fourth line. Hold on. Pardon me, I really messed up there. Pocket makes 1.65. And it's basically uh, virtually 1.7 less. Like, he makes less than half of uh, his Eagles contract. 
So yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there you go. You got a uh, flexibility at the deadline a little bit more. Um, I don't think Carolina's like strapped, but I mean, Hey, more cap space. Why not? Um, Galchenyuk then to you move his cap space for like a guy like Korshkov who's overseas. So you don't have to worry about, um, you don't have to worry about him being on the cap. So just good cap flexibility. Um, but I think Carolina comes out of this the best. I mean, Oh, definitely great asset management by them. The fact that they got like a fourth liner and Pat cat who can play on their fourth line, won a Stanley cup. And then they got someone who could potentially play on their third, maybe in second line, depending on where they play them. But I think that's a good trade by Carolina. Good asset management. I, I just playing as a third liner for them. I can yeah. And it's it's a cheap contract too, and Paquette. It's not like there's no term there. He can just walk on from him next year, you know, or walk away from whatever. And Toronto, like, I don't know, man. I it's just weird that they traded Korshkov. Um, I don't, I just don't see Galchenko getting it done, unfortunately, which really sucks because mm. obviously there's a ton of talent there. Like this guy went third overall, but I really unfortunately I can't put it together. I remember that Anisimov for Galchenyuk or whatever it was. Yeah, that was a big thing. That was a big uh, rumor at the time. Mm -hmm. Well, last thing we're going to talk about, and it's probably the most noteworthy news. So Katie Strang just dropped this bomb of an article. Uh, If you haven't read it, like even if you don't have the athletic, this this article is worth like the subscription alone. It's by the way, Katie Strang is probably the best writer out there as far as I'm concerned just because she does so much good investigative uh, journalism. Like she goes into a lot of these um, uh, subjects that are really touchy. Like I think she did that article about that uh, guy who sexually assaulted the women's Olympic team. I forget the exact details, but shout out to her, man. She's done a lot of incredible work. And this one, like, again, (laughs) if you don't have the athletic, this uh, article alone is worth the subscription. I think it's like, I can't, it's not even $10 a month. Like you need to, to get it, but just so much shit in it. There's a lot to end. I'm just going to briefly sum up what, um, what really stood out to me in this. And one of the big things that stood out is the whole Mitchell Miller thing. Um, Obviously, they made that draft pick after many teams had them on their do not draft lifts. And then there was just like a bunch of finger pointing and all that stuff. And they've they missed paying their players. And it just it's just it just seems like there's so much this organization is so dysfunctional. And the team itself, the Arizona Coyotes, aren't doing bad this year. Like they've they got good goaltending. Connor Garland's breaking out. Nick Schmaltz is doing well. But like just how this team is run off the ice, it's just been a absolute shit show. Um, like, oh man, it's just it's, there's a lot to take in with this. This is our goal. You'd be better off reading it, but. Just little things like the fact, like I remember reading the quote where um, they wouldn't even order pizza for the players before they were about to head into an overtime game. Just little things like that, man. And in, in a work environment, you want and and the the thing that they said is that they want this to be a family like environment. And the way that they're training their players or their their uh, their employees is certainly not that way and they're terrible well, not terrible with their money but they're so stingy with their money um it's just 
Oh man, you got to You'd be better off reading it from what I'm saying right now. But it's just, it's crazy. And Arizona, it's nothing against the fans at all. But it just seems like hockey does not work there. Um, just with, it seems like they've had an owner every other couple of years. I want it to work out, but it just seems like in Arizona, it's not working out. And I think they would be better off somewhere else. Again, nothing against the fans, but it's just how long are you gonna keep? How long are you yeah. going to keep this team? Because you moved the Winnipeg Jets for them in 1996. It's been 25 years. They had a decent team to start things off. Like, they had Jeremy Roenick. They had Nikolai Happy Bullen to start things off, both Blackhawks legends. <laughs> and they made the playoffs yeah. for, like, the first five years, I think. They didn't make it far. But, like, the fact that they had some success, but they weren't able to make money, like, that should have been a warning sign right there, you know? It's just... Oh man, it's 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 such a shit show. Like I'm 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 just kind of repeating over and over again. But hey man, it's pretty it's pretty just. God, how do I put it? It's almost mind melting. It, it almost makes your head hurt just thinking of it. Like even even just imagining being a fan of this, knowing that this is what your team. I feel is going bad for through. their fans. Yeah, yeah. Like their fan, no fan deserves to be able to cheer for to have. To, cheer for a team doing shit like this. And I, I just, honestly, I feel bad for the players too. I mean, like you're in this environment, like you and don't have a good team this year. Like they're doing okay. They're probably going to be in spot. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, but it's hard to want to, it's hard to play for a team, like for a franchise like that. I mean, not to put down what they're doing this year, more to, to compliment that. The fact that they're doing this is incredible. It's impressive to say the least. Oh man. Yeah. You think Austin Matthews is going to want to play for that now? Like, the whole thing was, like, oh, Austin Matthews is going to leave the Arizona after his contract ends. He's not going to now. Are you kidding me? I don't like, think he was going to in the first place. I'm not going to lie. No, I joked about no. it. But, no, there were times I thought he would, for sure. But, like, looking at it in retrospect, like, what do you gain? You know what I mean? Like, if they turn this around, if they turn this around, then I possibly, right? But... I mean, like, because, you know what, yeah, like, to say that he's not going to do it, because that contract is a few years left, and things change like, just like that in the NHL. So, maybe, maybe he does, but they have to clean fucking deck with this, with this organization. You have to change everything. You need to wipe that front office. You need just a new vision everywhere. Everywhere top to bottom. Like, you, you do not leave a stone unturned with this right now. I mean, maybe I feel like the only people that should be, that should be uh, kept uh, in terms of big names up top. I mean, maybe Steve Sullivan, maybe, but I mean, already been let go. No shit. Yeah. He got terminated. Yeah. I see so much has happened with this. Like it's, it's hard. So much shit has happened. It's hard to keep up with it. Their GM right now is Bill Armstrong, who was a scout with St. Louis. He's now the GM. And I kind of dumb for not knowing that. When did that happen? Oh, it have I can't remember, but it, yeah, he's not he's not there anymore. So, um, Fuck. yeah. See, it's 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 so much stuff to take in, or that which is why I'm kind of having problem articulating it. But here's another bit of it. Um, a a, com, a an employee of the Morello company w- made a unwanted sexual advance toward a female Coyotes employee, and it's just it's so dysfunctional and like. Oh man, I, I don't even know. I don't even know, to be honest. What do you add, man? 
what, what can you even add? Like, I, no, no offense to you. I mean, like, but like, what is there even to like what add? Did, to say? Yeah, what can you say about that? Yeah, that hasn't like that. No one's thought already, which is just what the fuck is going on in Arizona? <laughs> it's unbelievable. There's, you know, you know what, man? Nah, <clears throat> Preds fans. I understand that. I understand the team sucks right now, but I feel like there's at least some hope for the future because things can change up top. That can happen. I know it looks unlikely, sure. But the problem with Nashville is just, ah, you know, we're just, they're just not moving towards the future. They're, they're, they're struggling on paper. They're struggling on the ice. With Arizona, it is so much deeper than that. Like I feel it's that financial the, issues, it's it's moral issues. It's just it's a shit sexual show. issues. Yeah, like, it's it's not giving the team fucking pizza because you want. It. Wait, hold up. Can you tell me? Can you bring up the quote about the napkins? Oh my god, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So <laughs> the group CFO once bragged about drilling down on the cost of napkins. Let's <laughs> go sit there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here's a, here's a part oh of it. In news articles and internal meetings, Morello often touted his unorthodox comportment as passionate, but that oft-repeated notion <laughs> rang hollow to some. One employee referenced an instance when a senior employee was berated by Morello and meeting of approximately 20 others for a variety of issues. It was painful. He wouldn't wish it on anybody, said one attendee. And here's the thing. They bring up the fact that they want it to be a family-like environment. And running an NHL team, it should not be a stressful environment. This should be a job where, like, it should, like, it should be heaven. Like, the fact that you get to run an NHL team. Obviously, there's going to be stresses. You want to win the Stanley Cup. But most people would be, like, honored to be in this position. And you should be able to, to feel honored, to feel stressed out with, you know, the regular daily work. But, but not, to, at, the end, at the end of the day, enjoy that you have that job. But not because your boss is berating you in front of everyone else. And a good boss pulls you to the side and like talks to you. He would never do that in front of everyone else. And I've one thing that always sticks with me is that you want to work with a boss that you don't want to let down because you're afraid you'll get pissed they'll piss them off, but because you're afraid you're gonna let them down. And I think that's something that's always stick with me. And with this case, um always it, be very by a lot of people. Yeah. And Tyler, and this is in July. Tyler Stubergen did not receive his bonus on time. His his agent Rick Vallette sent a soundly worded email, the context of which were shared with the Athletic, over what he called a serious breach of contract. And uh, the NHLPA got involved, though the Players Association did not f- issue a for- formal grievance because the issues were quickly rectified. But you know, even though that happened, like even though it got settled out, it just the fact that they didn't pay the bonus, like, oh my god. I'm just going to read out some quotes here. They basically took how they managed radio stations, pizza chains, and casinos and used that same playbook for a hockey team, said one former employee. And this is regarding how they handle money situations. They default on a bill and then chisel you down to what you accept and then they pay you, said one vendor. Um... <sighs> This is a group of people not acting honorably on the basis of business, not treating people and their partners with respect, said one vendor. If these are the borders that define a dumpster fire, then there is indeed a fire burning within the borders of this dumpster. <laughs> like, oh my is god. Is that good? You, is that bad? You, 
you have you have to read this article, man. It's it's crazy. I, I honestly can't wait to. Yeah, I haven't gotten anyone listening. I haven't gotten my athletic subscription back just yet. Like I just you know can't really pay for it at the moment. But uh, yeah, first thing I'm doing, first thing I'm doing is I'm reading this because yeah, Pierce, you've told me uh, basically all of that and a little bit more. And yeah, I. This is going to beat the Paul Fenton. Was it Paul Fenton? That was a uh, that was an athletic article. That was a great art article written by Michael Rousseau. Covers a while, but I don't think anyone's going to talk. Anything's going to top this, and that's not against like uh, <laughs> Michael Rousseau. Like Katie Strang is is fucking incredible. Like she is so good. This article is incredible. Um, ends <laughs> off with the fact that uh, Shane Doan, the most beloved player in team history, returned to serve as the chief hockey development officer. They named Lindsey Fry, the former Olympian and Arizona native, who has been instrumental in the club's youth programs, as its new radio analyst. Some step. There's been some positive steps, but the negatives outweigh the positives. And oh man, oh man. Jesus. And it feels like the theme with this podcast. It's like we were talking about Nashville. Like, how do you fix them? And and that's just mainly team Arizona. How do you fix them? Not their team, but off the ice. And with Nashville, there's a lot of front office, but I think that you can chip away at it. I think you can get a head coach. You can make the team look good for a bit, or not look good. You know, they can play well for a bit, right? You know, they can at least do the best they have with this because this roster, the Nashville's roster, isn't awful. It's good. They have a fantastic. It can, make, it can, it can definitely make the playoffs if they get good exactly. goals. They're underachieving because I mean, John, I, again, it's John Hines. That's really all it comes down to. Um, and, you know, David Poyle, that's, you know, that's the long-term goal is getting him out of there. But you can at least play well, make the playoffs with a different head coach. Arizona, I think the problem is that their team is doing well. Sounds weird, right? The problem is that their team is doing well, and yet it's still not like you're still worried. You know what I mean? Like this mm-hmm. team, this stuff is going to overcome what's going well going on with the team. Like this is going to flood it eventually. Like it's not going to be for long that um you know like they can't have success for you know very long until this all comes back to bite them in the ass. It's going to. It's going to. You know the fact that you don't have a fucking GM. It's going to bite you in the ass. Like you're good this year. You're solid this year. How do you feel going into next year? Like, if you don't have a GM, if you haven't, like, literally wiped the entire fucking. Cross. They don't have their first round pick either, which. Yeah, let's. Yeah, and, you know, above all, of, like, on top of all of this, and I wouldn't mention it if it had been a while ago, fucking Mitchell Miller, man. That whole situation. Oh, man. This, I don't even want to get it's into that. I, it, it sucks that I remember his name. It's just so much just horrible things. That, just the fact that that exists around all of this. It's just more proof that it's it's gotta be the worst, like worst. It is easily the worst um, known front office in the NHL. It's the worst okay. front office in terms, of, you know, by far. I mean, of course, there's bullshit in every front office. We yeah. said before the podcast, there's always bullshit in, in businesses and front offices. This is from what I mean, from what I've heard from sports in general about front offices and the stories behind them. This takes the fucking cake. And, and I'm really scratching the surface. Like you have to read that whole article. That scares me. Jesus. Yeah. Well. Hey. Uh, anybody. I. Man. That if that is not 
a ringing endorsement for the athletic in terms of a, a, an interesting story. I don't know what it is. And uh, the fact that a lot of uh, like businesses, front offices get away with this. And that brings up the question, like how many other front NHL organizations are getting away with this? Cause my guess is there's probably if at least a few others that are doing this and we just don't know it. But Arizona probably gets the light on them because of the fact that they always have financial troubles. They have a new owner. The fact that they drafted Mitchell Mill, just all of that, I think that puts more of a light on them. And more teams might be better at like kind of keeping it quiet. But they must have more vocal sources. I mean, that's you know also part of it for sure. I mean, because like Arizona, just everything seems to come out of Arizona that happens. By the way, the game is going on right now. You know, Niederreiter scored. But uh, the only one uh, consolation prize is he's on my fantasy team. So, yeah. Great, man. For you. I know. I I really care, you know. (laughs) Definitely. uh, Wait, hold on. So this is definitely the longest podcast we've done. We're closing in on two and a half hours. And I just want to say, Jimmy, it's been a while since we've done this. I remember I started off the episode by saying it's been a tough time with me. But whenever you and I get together, it's a lot of fun doing this. And, uh, yeah, I want to, before we close things off, I just want to end it off on a positive note. Um, we're going to praise the Blackhawks. We're going to do more of that. Their first-round pick, Lucas Reichel, has 14 points in 17 games in the DEL. And he's only getting better and better with each game. Six goals, eight assists. I just want to end it off on that. And, uh, yeah, do you have anything else to add before we end it off? I just have to be doing it back with you, man. Seriously. Like in this, just in general, like it's been a very, um, I mean, however, it seems like almost everybody's going through something in their, their lives right now around the world, or at least in you know, Northern America. Um, but I can say for myself, that would be, I'm, uh, I'm between places again, you know, moving, uh, I had moved from my parents into an apartment. It just didn't work out. I'm moving back to their place. And I, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a lot, um, it was a lot to transition. It's going to be a lot to transition back. Um, and, uh, um, you know, you know, getting to, you know, having to switch, you know, jobs again and whatnot. It's, it's a bit, um, you know, it's, it's a bit, uh, to, uh, adjust to, but I think it's nice to be doing this again because, um, it, I mean, well, it's like, I'm kind of uh, stumbling a bit, but it's really nice to be back doing this. It really gives me, uh, it's something to look forward to. I always talk about yeah. it. It's something to look forward to. Hopefully, uh, I hope, obviously, for you, you've had your uh, situation, a lot, you know, a lot of things going on, but maybe the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, working, is, uh, moving houses. <coughs> I need another drink. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's been, it's been two and a half hours of this, so, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. It's, it's really nice to be, uh, to be uh, back on it with you, and uh, hey, hopefully for anybody listening, I think hopefully – Hopefully we can be doing more of these because that's it's been the plan and uh, hopefully things just kind of clear up. I think they will be for both of us pretty soon. So hopefully things keep trending in that direction. That's all I can say. It's, it's nice to it's nice to do a one on one with you, man. Mono, yeah, it's, mono. it's awesome. Oh hell yeah! And I just want to say this last thing. Um, I love doing this podcast. We've had so many great guests on, but I think in terms of like listeners, I'm not trying to sound like ah, we're the best. We need we we need everyone listening, but like. I just feel like we could be do- doing better with terms of like listens. And if you're listening to this and enjoy the PJ's cast, please like follow us, subscribe to us, whatever platform you may be on. I'm pretty sure I already put that in the intro, but just to kind of reiterate, just, just like give us a positive rating, positive review, follow us, subscribe to us, whatever 
like just share the word because yeah we're chicago blackhawks fans we're basically a blackhawks podcast but we also like first and foremost we love the game of hockey we like having on different perspectives that's why we've had different uh, journalists on from different teams and uh we've had uh, an olympic gold medalist on the show like we we just love it's love we love if anybody there's anything anybody wants us to try out anything you guys want us to talk us, us to talk about i mean if when i can actually talk right obviously just let us know, because like I mean, you know, this this show is still like it's still young, you know. We're looking to try things out. Still in its infant yet. stages. We're coming up on a year though, like in in a couple yeah. months of not even in a couple months. Start nursing it. Wow. Anyways, yeah, we've gone all along <laughs> <laughs> over two and a half hours now. So, I mean, thank you for tuning in. Hope you you the listener are doing well that you're social distancing washing your hands wearing your mask all that good stuff and uh yeah the blackhawks they're losing right now like when we started this it was like two hours before the game and now we're like we're almost at the end of the the the, the first intermission but they're only down one nothing to carolina they're out shooting them nine to six but uh might be a different story and <laughs> fucking florida is beating detroit four to one already <laughs> yeah. no uh no, oh Carter Verhage too, literally, and Patrick, and Patrick Hornfist, like all the players are praising, and this yeah, guy Lamico. Wait, he did something. The fuck is that? Oh yeah, I remember his name. Just, he's just literally just guy number eighty three. You for know what? Him. That's what they. That's what they need. They need the Mark Dunks and the Buzz Flibbits, and that's how. And I think moral of the story: if you want your NHL organization to seed, you need. Uh, Mark Donks and Buzz Flippets. Anyways, thank you everyone for tuning in. And uh, I don't know if you heard my cat at all, but like she's been jingling around. She just got up. So maybe this is a sign to edit. So yeah, uh, peace.